0: You probably saw him on Last Chance U seasons three and four, I believe, on Netflix, where he led independence to a championship.
1: They asked me to do a podcast. The Coach JB show with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I ain't no math major, but I'm a hustler. I'm gonna give it to you raw and uncut. That's Coach JB. Sarah Cheek, mother of four and an OnlyFans content creator. I want
2: to give an unfiltered be real true evaluation of
1: different things and, and really like share magic, in my opinion. Well. fucking slap dicks. fucking slap Down in ass, trash, All in, all gas, no brakes.
2: I love sports.
1: That's just a part of who I am. She's got sports blood in her, so she's on the cover of FHM Magazine. And the coach
2: Hello, everybody. It is Fearless Friday here on the Coach JB Show. I'm Sarah Blake, and I am going to introduce you to your favorite person ever, Coach JB.
1: What up, what up, what up? Favorite person ever. I hear that. Yes. Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: Yep, I hear you. Good, good deal. What up, what (laughs) up, Lucy? What up, everybody? It's Fearless Friday. Great, great Sarah Blake joining us as normal and giving us the knowledge that we need because it is college weekend football weekend NFL Sunday kicks off all kind of shit going on this weekend last night NFL kicked off my Rams got their ass whooped and uh it is what it is it is what it is hey oh well we're gonna dive into that deep as we have a uh we have a uh, NFL insider, 49er, and Philadelphia Eagle insider joining us, and the in about an hour, and then uh, we're going to get into that. And then we got Hector joining us to give us his NFL picks of the weekend, and then I have my college picks of the weekend as well. So there's a lot going on. Sarah's going to give us uh, some. We're going to go back and forth about a bunch of shit last night. Uh, the Rams and uh, the Rams did get pegged, Travis. They did get pegged last night. Um, that was
2: crazy. They got
1: pegged by the bills. Indeed. Indeed. We're going to get into all that. Plus uh, a bunch of other real talk banter we're going to get into. So before we do that, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Believe BLEAV5050. Check it out. Go use them. A lot of betting to be happening this weekend. If you're not using any of that other stuff, go to betonline.ag. Tell them Coach JB sent you. Get your 50% off welcome bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, Sarah, what up? What you got planned for the weekend? Anything?
2: Huh. College football. Game day. I always do. So that's when I do a big like Thanksgiving spread. All day long, we just watch college football, and I make sure that I cook early in the morning so that none of the kids bother me as far as that goes. And it's like the Super Bowl spread basically.
1: Um, so is there a game tonight? You know,
2: I don't know right now.
1: Um, I don't know if there's a game (laughs) today or not. Um, we'll see what's up. Sean Butler. I appreciate you, Sarah. Sarah. Thank you. you. Sarah appreciates you. Um, I don't know if there's any – I'm sure – I think Pac-12 plays on Fridays because it's just – that's probably the day that they actually will be seen by a few people um, because nobody watches us on the uh, East Coast where you're at. Um, So, I don't know. Uh, Now, I don't see any Friday games. Um, Let me see. I haven't even looked. I'm only picking Saturday games. Um, Yeah, there is Louisville UCF tonight and Boise, New Mexico. Two fucking barn burners. So, we got two barn burners. Louisville, UCF. Um, yeah, UCI, UCF should win. They're favored by six. Uh, Louisville looked absolutely horrible. I think their head coach is on the hot seat. Uh, Boise, New Mexico is a game that I will not watch. Uh, Boise favored by 17. I don't see that either. Oregon State put it on Boise State. Boise State. But we're going to get into college football here in a, in a little bit. But before we get into that, let me give you the mm-hmm. quote of the day. Uh, as a, it is brought to you by CanadaDipsCBD.com. Go over to join me and go get you some Canada Dips. Um Use the promo code COACHJB. Uh, quote of the day, I, I, it's an honor of my boy Eddie Mannyweather. For any of you that didn't catch the Wake Up Show, appreciate you. We had 120, 130 people in there this morning, man, and... Uh, it's great to do the morning and people come in to see it. It's a good deal. Uh, Eddie Manyweather got fired today during the show. So if you aren't aware of that, uh, shout out to Eddie getting fired on his day off. Shout out.
3: Aww. Uh,
1: I know, Sarah. But you know what? Quote of the day. Don't let an alarm clock be the only reason you wake up, Eddie Manyweather. You got fired because your ass didn't fucking wake up. Come on, man. You can't get fired on your day off. Joe Accord, he got, he, he, he fucking was two hours late because he didn't, he let an alarm clock be his way off. Joe came on this morning. <laughs> Joe came on this morning, uh, Sarah, and gave us the weather report for all the big games. And uh, oh. he was also trying to bet and, and, and give us spreads. And Joe was trying to do it all, short, fat, skinny, and tall. Uh, But he gave us the weather for a lot of important games. But we do have Chase Sr., 49er and Eagle Insider, joining us, NFL Insider, at the 2 o'clock hour here on the West Coast, 5 o'clock on the East. Uh, He'll be joining us, talk all things Trey Lance, Jimmy G, the the 49ers scenarios, along with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. He's the insider for both, which I'm going to ask him how that's not a contrary to belief. So, um, and I mean, not contrary to belief, how is that not a conflict of interest? Uh, two NFC teams competing against each other on a very, very high level. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the reason you wake up without an alarm clock, Bruce Helms. So Bruce, you're telling me you only know how to wake up to an alarm clock. Holy fuck! No wonder we're all fucked up in the world, <laughs> motherfuckers like you who think an alarm is the only fucking way. How, how do you think people woke up before alarms were invented, bro? Fucking just just slept all the way through their whole life. Fucking Jesus Christ! We say some dumb shit in this chat. I'm gonna be honest. I gotta I gotta thank for all the dick writers in the chat now. I just wanna I wanna be clear. Anyone that talks shit, this is who you are. That motherfucker. That is the motherfucker that is on the internet arguing with me. So oh please understand, that is who you look like, fucking Randy Savage and Jay Michaels and all you motherfuckers. That's, it. that's who it is, Sarah. Just so you know, Sarah, when you're talking shit, people hating on you, that's who it is right there. So please understand, that is who it is that you deal with. Stop fucking worrying about your haters, man. They're our biggest fans at fucking Starbucks looking like fucking loom de <laughs> oh, That motherfucker, man's ooze. I don't know who, what the fuck that is. That motherfucker's wearing yoga pants. That motherfucker had a fucking tampon in. He had all kind of shit uh nebula's joining us from the morning show looks like all the trolls follow and find me uh, jackson lewis he's joined us from the morning show we got a lot of fucking haters it's all good appreciate you uh, sarah's boost mobile must have ran out and kicked off she didn't pay the bill who knows what's going on it is what it is i bet you baker mayfield looks like dog shit what do you want to bet uh, Sarah back with us. Her Boost Mobile kicked right in. Boost Mobile kicked off, kicked back in. Uh, she has... Uh, she Who are you uh, talking
2: about, Baker Mayfield?
1: Uh, I'm just talking to the chat, getting them going, you know. Um, yeah, Sarah has the uh, Elon Musk internet, everybody. You know, it's very, very... Um, very, very fucked. Phone. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. We got a lot to discuss, though. Um Shit, let me get to it. Um, Poll question. Sarah, I don't have one. I don't have a poll question. I wanted to ask uh, the audience um, something that they could ask us. But I don't have a poll question today. It's Fearless Friday, so, you know, my poll question, I guess, would be... uh, What is the most exciting part of this weekend, NFL or college football? This is the first weekend that we have both football on. What are you going to watch most? What are you most excited about, college or the NFL? Sarah, you're a college, so I get it. Oh, my gosh. You have orange fingernails. I get it. Um, When I I see those, when I see orange fingernails, I got to be honest, um, it makes me think of... I don't know if you... You might be too young, but the best Popsicle in the world is the orange cream Popsicle. It's orange on the outside. It has uh, cream exactly on the inside. What is. Huh? Sarah's internet is absolutely horrific. Um, if you haven't noticed... You know, anyone know about orange cream Popsicles? I know my boy J- Josh Fele knows because Uso knows about that. That's the best Popsicle ever invented, by the way. So... The orange cream popsicles are fire. Um, Sarah's internet's gone. She, We lost her again. Um, um, I don't know what... Let's see. What is sis? What is sus? Jackson Lewis. Become a member, Jackson. Show yourself. Give us a profile picture so we can see your bitch ass. We want to see who we're talking to around this motherfucker. Quit talking behind these fucking fake profiles, you fucking cowardly cunt. Stop being a little bitch, homie. Man up. Who is you, homie? Show your face, motherfucker. You soft motherfuckers. You can never fucking get it right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got to do something about your internet. Like, what's going on with this shit?
2: Telling you when it's—it's it's not even storming right now, but I guess whenever it does, it's this is just the way it is in fucking Florida.
1: Man, you got to... You got uh man. Chocolate banana bomb pops are the fucking worst. Ryland Ew. Spencer, those are nasty as fuck. I—that was a nasty. That sounds like. Uh, y- 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 I don't even... It sounds like you sucking on a black dick, homie. You like big black dicks? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, This motherfucker said a chocolate banana bomb, homie. God damn. That motherfucker likes the BBCs, homie. Holy shit. All right. um, Poll question. Brian, uh, yeah, you got to restart the router, uh, everybody's saying, Sarah. Uh, well, damn. Yeah, fuck it now. I mean, I don't know if you can now or not. I don't know, but um, what a bang to start the show off, uh, literally. Um, we're in the uh, foreplay segment of this show. We're getting it going, Sarah. Foreplay. We got a lot to discuss today. It's going to be a great show. Keep the energy hyped, get it going. Sarah, I want you to talk about this foreplay shit. I have to bring up a topic before we get into first and ten because I have some topics for you. I don't know what you have for me yet. <laughs> but we, we're we going to have Chase Sr. on it in tw- at the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, we're, I want to talk about the most accurate NFL quarterbacks. I want to talk about some uh, Matt Stafford's performance last night and compared to Allen's performance. And then uh, what to expect this weekend. Then we're going to take our college picks and we're going to go back and forth for Sarah. And then Hector's going to come on, Scared Money Don't Make Money, and we're going to take his NFL picks. Hector won some money last night. And uh, then we're going to have the climax, and we're all going to climax together, even all you fucksticks. And we're going to break down uh, some other things. But before we get to first and ten, I wanted to get to uh, the, the the foreplay part of this. And, Sarah, I, wanna, I have a debatable question for you. Or a topic. Topic.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I have disowned more family members than friends. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You too?
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) That is very interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if anyone has seen the latest. Um, The the latest is uh, very interesting. When I saw this, I was like, wow, man. Never ceases to amaze me. I've literally had to cut off family members. I don't have a big family, but I have a few that I thought was tight with me and I found out no, they're not. especially after the show came out, I was depicted as someone that they all thought was something different all of a sudden. I'm like, really or are you trying to get something that you never tried to get before because of who I am now? So right. I, it's very very interesting. I, I always say, Sarah, don't ever get don't ever trip about getting stabbed in the back. I'm always expecting it. But I never mm-hmm. all quite grasp the concept when I turn around and see who's holding the knife. That's when you really are shocked. And right. uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Luca, own mom, he's suing his own mother because she won't give him his own trademark back. Luca Donkik Seven. Uh, she won't let him start his own trademark because it's under her name, and uh, it's unbelievable to me. And I don't understand uh, why this type of shit happens. Because I, 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 are you telling me that Luca's just not paying her? She, she, he didn't give her nothing. Like, come on, man. And now you don't want to give shame. that up? I don't know. I don't know if you've had any family issues like that, but I've had them, and I'm telling you. It's crazy how they turn your back. They'll turn your back on a motherfucker. Just because they're your blood don't mean they're your family.
2: I agree a hundred percent. I mean that in that particular case, that is completely wrong. It's almost the same as the Britney Spears thing with her dad. I I think there's a lot of people in this world who feel like when they make it or they have this extra, they want to take care of their family because. I mean, I, I was raised in, in that environment where it's, uh, kind of like that foreign culture of you take care of your mom, you take care of your uh, elders and all this stuff. But, um, I don't believe that in every family case, blood is a good thing.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, Gorgian said fake news No it's not I've actually looked it up There's a ton of It's all over the place That is a real lawsuit Gorgian So go look it up And then come back And apologize motherfucker That's when you apologize You apologize when you Say some shit That you don't know about And then you literally Have to come back And say you know what coach You're right I'm wrong Don't apologize tomorrow, motherfucker, because that's who you are. And we are what we say. I mean, what we are, who we are, not what we say, motherfucker. And you just fucking spoke out of your asshole. So go Google it. Find out. Come back. Apologize to Sarah. And now shut the fuck up the rest of the show. Now, he is trying to get his trademark back. Kobe also had an issue with his father. So Kobe had an issue with his mother and father. Remember? I don't know if you remember this. They also yeah. had an issue going on. And um, there is a lot of issues out there with family and blood because it's crazy how many cousins you get <laughs> and find. You find about a million cousins after you make it and you get this money and all this perception come hit you. And motherfuckers is like, Damn. You, oh, you don't know I'm cousin Willie from fucking in the. Oh, really? I never met you, dog. And now you're my blood. And it is what it is. Shit. You, Kendrick and all you people in here talking about they put him into the. The mother put the kid in the world. She should do whatever she wants. Man, miss me with that shit. You telling me that Luca hasn't bought his mama a fucking million dollar house and fucking 20 cars and fucking all that shit? So. Without that shit, too, it goes both ways, dog. She did nut him out. But that don't mean that you now control the whole situation if this motherfucker's making big money and he's a world-famous athlete. Come on, man. You guys are crazy as fuck. So you're telling me you can never grow up to be your own human then? Come on, dog. Yeah. So you can't be your own person, I guess, Sarah. You have to You have to be controlled the rest of your life by your mom and dad, even when you're No, 21.
2: absolutely not.
1: Blood doesn't mean anything. You're fucking right. Don't think just because you're blood, you're family. That you ain't.
2: I don't believe a man takes care of his mama. Period. I don't believe that because if your mom was a shit bag and she didn't take care of you, then that's not a mom. That is an egg donor.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, I, I. That's where I have my biggest issue. I have my biggest issue. Um. Like, I got personal accounts I can talk about, but I've seen it too where mothers and fathers both come out and and are like, you know, where's my shit? Where's this? Where's that? And I'm just like, hold on, time out. I have a daughter too, and I had to pay for everything, her whole childhood. I had to pay for every single thing. And... She ain't for you, JB. She's all about clout now and who you are and whoop dee whoop whoop It doesn't matter. It's my kid. I Just like I was your kid, mom or dad or whoever, you had to raise me, feed me, house me, clothe me until I was able to leave and do me. And I have to do the same for my kid, regardless of right, wrong, or indifferent. So right. the whole thing about... Oh, I'm your mom. Well, no, I have a daughter, too, that I have to fucking feed, just like you had to feed me. And it's like, miss me with the guilt trip shit. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. So you can't grow up and be nobody. You have to be on your mom's titty your whole life, is what some of you guys are saying.
2: That's outrageous to me.
1: Bend over. what do you need my daughter on the show for, motherfucker? You perverted bitch. What do you need her for? Why do you need my daughter to come on the show, bitch-made Motherfucker. That's what a lot of you bitch-made cats in this room are a bunch of fake troll-ass cats. Um, Shit, I got so much cracking today. There may be a female in Florida, Sarah, that want both of my dogs. Two of my four dogs. Really? So if that happens, um, I may be driving (laughs) to Florida as early as tomorrow morning.
2: Driving? Hell yeah. What part of Florida?
1: Uh, I think Jacksonville.
2: Oh, damn. That's all on the other side.
1: Where's that at? I mean, that's north. Like,
2: Yeah. Opposite. That's, that's not like, like by
1: the panhandle, right?
2: No, it's not the pretty side. It's what? It's not the pretty side.
1: But it's like on the panhandle, right?
2: No. It's like on the other side.
1: <laughs> I know, but like on the north tip, right? It's like on the north tip of Florida. Mm. It ain't south. Yeah. It, ain't, it ain't down by Tampa and Miami and shit. It's up north. It's on the yes. nor- It's on the Carolina side. It's on the ocean side, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that's interesting, man. Uh, the, the, that whole, that whole, uh, that whole. You know um Lucas situation lawsuit. I, I'm I'm fully uh okay with him doing it because I just believe this is who what is his mom holding on to it for? That's the question I have. It's his name. Why are you holding on to his name? Like that tells me there's some vindictive issues there. So you know, I don't know. Um I don't know if you saw this Biden uh this Biden deal, but I guess Biden's uh, monkey pox advisor is this guy.
2: Stop. <laughs> is this real?
1: No, that's not a lie, though.
2: Oh, Lord. Have you heard that? No, but <sighs> isn't. Wait a minute. Like, <laughs> I can't even respond to this
3: because <laughs> you know, this is like shocking. Uh, <laughs> oh
1: man um,
3: uh,
1: I'm just telling you that's what I heard dog that's that is I not
2: real is that real?
1: I don't know, Sarah that's what I heard. I don't know so where do
2: they find these pictures of these people
1: uh that that was Ben Dover's picture uh in the chat <sighs> uh, we got so many trolls it's unbelievable we get the trolls in the morning, Sarah are like unbelievable and then uh obviously they come over here but it is what it is let them talk it's funny um uh, so yeah we got that going on so you know uh that's something i wanted to debate about the family we're gonna head on to the first and ten segment of this show brought to you by canadipcbd.com head on over use the promo code coach all caps i was on the uh corn husk um corn craze pod last night on youtube mm-hmm a big Nebraska Cornhusker podcast. They had like 900 people live in the show. And we were watching, and I was on that, and it kind of got big. I was like, I think about 45 minutes, but we were talking about everything. Um,
2: Scott Frost?
1: Yeah, it was a good interview with the guys. The young kid, uh, actually from LA, played out here, so I know who, where he's from and stuff. And uh, we were talking about everything about Frost, the culture, Nebraska in, in totality. And, and, and a lot of these fan bases have a false sense of who they really are. And it's clear as day from last night's interview that people really think it is the culture set by Scott Frost. And I'm sitting there showing them, I'm literally showing them how Northwestern, a engineer school 4.0 GPA requirement, had better players than Nebraska. And I'm like, You guys are fooling yourself thinking it's all about Scott Frost and the culture. You guys have no fucking talent. You have no real talent from top to bottom. You guys are not comparable to these big programs that you think you are, and they're just not buying into Scott Frost. But Scott Frost got UCF to be undefeated. So did Josh Heupel, by the way. Josh Heupel, thank you. Either one of them has won at the next school, (laughs) though. So, Sarah, my question to you. If Scott Frost went undefeated at UCF and takes the job and goes to Nebraska and it does not equate, why is, why is Josh Heupel, who also had a successful season at UCF, why has that not equated? And I'll, I'll wait for your take, and I'm going to give you my take, and I think there's a false sense of reality out here. Not only for a Tennessee base, for Nebraska, for USC, for Miami, All of them have this false sense of humor, or a sense of uh, understanding. UCF has better players in a shitty league, and that's why they win. You think Josh Heupel Mm -hmm. and Scott Frost all of a sudden became shitty coaches? Or are they now small fish in a big pond when they were big fish in a small pond?
2: Why do you think Josh Heupel is a shitty coach?
1: I I didn't say that. I'm saying, how do you go undefeated at UCF and now... You've struggled at Tennessee so far, right?
2: He didn't struggle at Tennessee. His first year was pretty good. It was one of like I mean, we made it to a bowl game. We should have won that game. We
1: well, I'm just saying, relatively speaking, but he's not undefeated. See what I'm saying? That's I think that's the got question. To
2: see this year with him, and then, yeah. but the difference between Josh Heupel and Scott Frost for me is that I think Nebraska, but it would be like if Peyton Manning came to coach for Tennessee. It, it, these guys that come back to their alma mater to coach, it's its more of a hype. It's more of a false sense of hope for a program that might not be doing so well or that you, that, especially one of these bigger colleges that used to be a powerhouse, you're hoping this is your savior and you're looking past a lot of things that you shouldn't look past because you, you've got this, these, I mean, you've got something over your, the, the wool is pulled over your eyes. I think that they bought into the hype of Scott Frost more than they did actually recruiting somebody who could build their program back. Like Tennessee, we have Josh Heupel, and I'm actually behind him because he's his culture, the way that he is rebuilding the program uh, from what it was, I have a lot of faith in him versus we had Derek Dooley, we went through Butch Jones, then we went to Jeremy Pruitt. All three of those guys have something in common that... They had this different culture, this different. I, I think it's really a guy's guy that comes into these schools, and it takes a lot. I don't think Scott Frost had that from the beginning.
1: He went undefeated.
2: Okay, so you, but you can't attribute that just to him. Look at everybody he had on staff.
1: I mean, he's the head coach. He's right. the one that He's gets, hired. Coach, he gets hired, he gets hired, he gets Josh. fired. The wins and losses go on his name, not on any assistants' names.
2: Right. So, it's a team effort, though. You have your offensive yeah, coordinator, but, you have your defensive coordinator, yeah. you have everybody on staff, and I don't yeah. think it was just solidly one person.
1: Well, it's never one person, but that's the guy that gets the job. So you're telling me it's okay to blame him but not praise him?
2: Um, I'm not saying. I, I think that people need to have a real sense of reality and
1: well you praise him for going undefeated now you blame him for being shitty which one is it
2: i'm not gonna praise him solely him for going undefeated because i know it's a team effort but i think that people look at right but i'm saying we're blaming
1: him we're blaming solely him i don't hear nobody talking about his coordinators right now that they're shitty didn't he
2: pick his coordinators though
1: yeah so then how can't you praise him when he's winning then I don't get it. What you're saying? Like, it's not just you. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. This is the topic of discussion. I just had it last night. How long
2: night. has he been in Nebraska?
1: This is year three or four. I right. think. Year and so we're four. I on think. Year
2: two of Josh Heupel. Which coach is doing better?
1: Totally different dynamic. You don't know yet. You won't know until this second year for him. So let me let me say this. I just talked about it last night. You cannot praise the sole human for winning if you're going to blame the same human for losing. If you if you're telling me that you're it's a it's a team effort when you win and it's a singular effort when you lose, you're you're wrong. Everyone's wrong because it ain't about me. It's about us. That's my staff motto. So how can that be the same? How is it different for one and not the other? It's the same. You, it's the same, but it falls on the head coach. It always falls on the head coach. Right. He gets the wins and losses. He gets the bigger job. He gets the most money. He also has the most pressure and takes all the heat for losing games, losing a kid. Just remember, when the, kid, when the rape charges and all that happened at Penn State and all that, that debacle happened, nobody was in charge. Who was the final straw? Joe Paterno. Joe Pa. He's the head coach. He's the figurehead. He's ultimately held accountable, just as if Josh Heupel, just as Scott Frost. So whether you win or you lose, it's going to be for on Urban him. Except Urban Meyer. Huh? Urban
2: Meyer wasn't held accountable for everybody else.
1: Well, I mean, he was at Jacksonville. He was, in, uh, he was for grabbing the girl's booty. I mean, now, is he held accountable? I don't know. But he is accountable Bottom line is, the truth about it, he's accountable. Now, is he held accountable? I don't know. Does Urban get another job? That's the next question. That's what I got asked last night. Does Urban Meyer become the next head coach at Nebraska? I said, fuck no. And I said, if you hire him, you're again setting Nebraska back. Because he's only going there for two years to rebuild his name, and he's gone, and he's going to another school. So that's the problem with college football and hiring these fucking people. They are hiring people that need to be there compared to want to be there. Right. I think Josh Heupel w- wants to be at Tennessee. Now, do yes, I think because- Josh Heupel loves Tennessee? Do I think Josh Heupel, that's his dream job? No. But I think he wants to be there more than he has to be there.
2: Um. Yes, yeah, so I would agree with that because they did ask him – about the Oklahoma job and everything like that. And he said that he was there and he's building a culture and he's building it. And I I believe in him, you know, um, now if he continues to stay and he continues to keep his word that builds trust. And, and I think these kids, he's the right guy for the culture that they're building out there for these kids. And he's got the right kids that buy into his culture. Um, I also think it's easier to recruit to the sec than it is at Nebraska. Um, Nebraska is not what they used to be, so I, I, I don't think that you can completely blame Scott Frost, but he has been there for what five is it five years?
1: Four, I think. I think four. I think the next head coach, I think he could be fired as early as tomorrow after they lose to Georgia Southern or struggle with Georgia Southern. If that Would happens. But he,
2: he has to stay till October because then they don't have to uh, pay him out as much.
1: I don't know. These big programs don't care. They still end up paying these guys. Um, but this is my thing. Um They, I don't know. I talked about it in depth. They continue to recycle the same old fucking coach just to fire them. They they just want to end up firing them at the end of the day. And uh, the bottom line is I think Frost can go as early as this week. And then I think, uh, you know, if they struggle or lose, and then they're going to recycle another commercialized guy. And I believe that the guy they probably go after next is a guy like Luke Fickle. And I hate to say this, and I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't respect Luke and don't really have a lot of respect for him just because of the interaction I've had with him at Cincinnati during recruiting and some issues with kids. But I have a lot of guys like that, though. Lincoln Riley, fucking Pompadour at Oklahoma State. I got a lot of guys like that. Harson at Auburn, which used to be at Boise. I didn't let any of those guys in my office, so they knew better to even come try to get one of my players. So the bottom line is uh, there's a lot of these guys out there that I just think that will uh, take a job just for the bag, and then they're fucking out of there. They're chasing a new bag chase, so to speak, and the kids know that, and that's why you see these kids entering portal at such a high rate because real recognize real. They see through these kids or these coaches, and I think they realize that these guys are fake and liars, and that's why the, not, the contrary to belief, people out there are saying let the kids transfer if the coach can chase the bag why can't the kid and then that's my rebuttal is the kid hasn't earned it yet the coach has and it's a salary it's not a fucking job faith leap to go try to better yourself to go to the nfl this is an actual salary you're grown up you have a family you've earned this right you've gone through the process just as if you wanted to leave walmart and go take a job at costco it's a fucking better decision, right? It makes more money. It's for your family. I think you should have that right as a grown-up. As a kid, 17, 18, 19, even 20, I still think you're learning life, and you need to develop some tough skin so you can teach it later to your young ones. If we don't do that, then we're just creating this cycle that's going to go over and over and over and over, and it's gonna and you're expecting a different result. No, you're going to get the same soft bitch-made cat that's going to come out in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years. Cause you didn't change it. So.
2: Right. And these kids essentially, I mean, they can't even pick a major at this point.
1: No, they can't. And, and my, my point is, I, I think Luke fickle is going to be the number one target for Nebraska. And sorry, Nebraska right now. I think Cincinnati's a better job than Nebraska. And they're a group of five school. You know why it's, It's every job's not a good one. Every job's not the best job. Every job doesn't mean just because you're offered it, you take it. And Nebraska right now is not a good job. And USC has been a bad job for a long time. And last last night, they asked me, who's the guy? And I go, listen, I have no sympathy for your Nebraska Cornhusker fan base. You guys wanted to fire a guy named Frank Solich who won 10 football games. You guys get what you asked for. And now, and then you hire Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini comes in and wins 9 and 10 football games. And he couldn't beat Wisconsin, and they fired him.
2: They should have stayed with him.
1: and and Well, they should have stayed with Frank Solich. He's the best coach they've had since Osborne. So... The point is how can you now ask everyone in retrospect what happened why what do we do to fix it coach how do we fix it what do we do da, 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 da. no you fucking asked for it now you sleep in the bed you made motherfuckers you motherfuckers all think grass is greener go chase it then because i guarantee you You'd be loving 10 and 3 right now, getting your ass beat in the fucking championship game versus whoever, because you'd be you'd be in the game at least. You're guaranteed bowl game. And they're so far gone now, I don't think you can fix Nebraska in, in the next five, ten years. Just because they're so far in the hole, you have to completely gut it out. Just like KU. And I think Lance Leopold has created a culture at KU where he's gutted it out. He is starting over. And now you're going to see him not only abuse the portal, he will not abuse the portal, A, and he will treat the portal accordingly as it is designed to do. He will pick a quarterback. He will try to grab an O-lineman, D-lineman, and he will do those things compared to going out and trying to get 30 that will fucking cancer up your culture and your locker room. And that is what's happening at a lot of places right now, including Oregon. Including USC is is we're gonna find out if just how how they are. But you saw Oregon, how bad they look, and that's because they have thirty transfers. You saw LSU, how bad did they look? They had twenty two transfers. So I want to see all these teams with the transfers and how good the organization is ran. Because the best tackling team in football is Alabama. The next best is Clemson. Those two teams stay out of the portal. They don't lose kids to the portal. They don't take kids out of the portal. And you wonder why the philosophy, the structure is there. So.
2: Right, the culture's there.
1: Everything's there. The teaching, the ideology, the same words being repeated in your ear over and over and over actually works. It ingrains in your system as a player and a coach. If I have to hear you and then I transfer to you and then you teach me another thing and then I transfer there and I teach another thing and you transfer me another, now it's four teaching ideologies and we have horrible teaching and coaching going on and now we have been taught four things on how to tackle and you wonder why we have more injuries than we've had in 20 years.
2: But I also think the requirements are different. The expectation is different. Nick Saban's not going to just take anybody. He has different expectations.
1: Exactly. That's why he's not taking more than two guys out of the portal, if any. He doesn't need to.
2: Yeah, he's stacked.
1: So, I mean, it's just, it it is what it is. That's why it happened. And that's why Clemson was so stacked the last five, six years. And they've been in the national title and had a chance to win every year. And so, I don't know. It just continues to, to me, it just blows my mind how people think that um, this is a real, like, we need to, we need to get into the portal to win. I just don't agree. And I think Lance at KU is going to shock people. And we're going to get into all that later uh-uh. on in the, in the picks.
2: I will I put $100 down today. Today they will not win 7 games. KU will not win 7 games. There's no way.
1: Really? Let's go. Hold on. Before, all right, I will. Hold on, hold on. Let,
2: everybody. All
1: right, hold on. Let me let me let me uh let me uh <laughs> Let me pull up their schedule. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, All right, I want them
2: to win I mean that would be freaking amazing but I just don't see it happening not yet
1: alright here we go I got them beating West Virginia tomorrow that's going to be two wins Mm. I got no. them beating Houston and Duke, four wins.
2: I, they might beat Duke. they I I agree with that win.
1: That's four wins. I got them beating Iowa State, it's five. No. no fucking way. They'll struggle versus TCU and Oklahoma and Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma State. They're gonna shock one of these teams. I'm just telling you. Um, I think they beat Texas Tech. Um, Texas is probably going to boat race them this year after they lost to them. Um, And then they'll come down to K-State. I I have them at six wins versus K-State. If they beat K-State, that'll be seven. Um, I'll take your bet. Okay. I'll take your bet. hundred bucks. um, Bank it. Bet on it. um, Bet on it. We're going to bank on it. We're going to take it hundred dollars. KU wins seven games.
2: There's no way
1: we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, I appreciate that bet. We're going to do it. Uh, and I'm just a Lance fan. I know what he's doing. Um, I think you're going to see some things you're going to trip off of. And if he beats West Virginia tomorrow, I'm going to be very confident in my pick and what I've, uh, we're going to get into that though. We're going to actually get into that, um, here in a minute. Um, I want to get into something. We got about 15 minutes before our NFL insider joins us. Um, I want to get into the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I wanted to pick your brain on this real quick. Uh, I'm going to force you to learn the NFL. So,
2: oh, I'm ready for this.
1: This is something that's come out. This is a media person. The media people that keep coming out with these fucking... Unbelievable takes. Blows my mind. All right. Now, here's the most accurate quarterbacks according to Warren Sharp. Okay. Um, Warren Sharp has Burrow at one, Kyler Murray at two, Carr at three. He has fucking Tanny Hill in there at six, uh, two at eight, Herbert. Goff at nine, and Dak at ten. That is his picks as the most accurate quarterbacks. So, um, it blows my mind. If anyone has Kyler Murray at number two on anything, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers in there. And I'm just like, I don't see Aaron Rodgers. I don't see Tom Brady. I don't see Matt Stafford. I don't see fucking, um, it, Chuck it Allen. It's unbelievable on this, how this bad, this list is right here. Um, there's a lot of guys. Bet I mean, he don't have Mahomes on there. He don't have fucking... Uh, oh, he has Herbert. He don't have uh, Wilson on there. He don't have fucking anybody on there. I'm just like, you got to be joking me. Um, Bruce Helms, you are really saying a lot of dumb shit, okay? Baker. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is, is unbelievably horrible. So, anyway, having seen that list, Sarah... I want to give your take. Where would you switch? What would you switch and who would you take off this list right here? I'm curious. Would you switch? Who would you switch and put add take off and add on?
2: I would take Dak Prescott off of there. Um,
1: okay.
2: Uh, I mean, I would have to add... Uh, you have to add Aaron Rodgers on there. You have to have Tom Brady on there. I would put Mahomes on there.
1: I'm um, That's valid. I agree.
2: I mean... I just don't believe this is the top... Like, this is the top 10, and it's kind of shocking to me. This is who they're claiming is the top 10, and it makes me sad for the NFL. This is why it's really, really hard to... To follow the NFL now because there's not you don't have your true grit quarterback like it used to be the traditional quarterbacks that we we knew and we loved. Um, Yeah, it's just not the same.
1: Aaron Rodgers would be number one. He's the most accurate pinpoint passer I've ever seen in my life. He would be number one. That's a, unbelievable not to have him on your top ten. This guy, uh, Warren Sharp, has got to be the biggest fuck stick. I'm actually going to tweet him after this show and let him know how much of a fucking idiot he is. So make sure everybody watches out for that. Um, Aaron would be one on that list. I would actually put... I would probably put Brady at two... Um I would keep Burrow at 3. Um I would put Russell Wilson at 4. I would put Kirk Cousins at 5. I would put Allen at 6. I would yeah. put her, I would put Uh I would put uh I'd put Matt Ryan right where he's at. I would take Tua off. I Goff just <laughs> over clear. Um uh, I want to be real clear with people on this list. Let me see let us see our face. Jared Goff, if he was out at the park in 7 on 7 throwing the football around, he is very very impressive. Real talk. Jared Goff can throw the ball with anybody. Um, he can really throw it with anybody, but when the fucking lights turn on and the fire and the bullets are spraying, he doesn't do well. So there's just a problem um, with that. Um, I just
2: I can't believe Josh Allen's not on that list.
1: I know, so I'd have him on there, obviously top five, probably. Uh, but th- we're talking accurate, and now what does accurate mean? Does it mean me as a quarterback guy looking how accurate he is, or are we talking? Passing accuracy actually on a stat because of the ball is actually completed because we have guys that drop a lot of footballs for a lot of quarterbacks and their passing percentage really drops. So there's this a lot like, of different things that go into account on in this whole thing. Um, best
2: and greatest.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> that thing is. Uh, I. I heard, I heard your take. I heard Zach take on that spaces we did that day. Um, there's a difference between the. Be- I, I don't think best and great- greatest is the, is the category you want to talk about. I think there's the. I think there's skill set, and I think there's results, and I think those two things should be separated. I, that's what I think. I think Tom Brady has the results. I think Aaron Rodgers has the best skill set of all time. But Aaron Rodgers won
2: won
1: one Super Bowl only. And Tom Brady has seven. So it is what it is. Um, But, you know, um, we'll see. I mean, there's just, there's so much to it. Um, We're about 10 minutes away um, from our guest joining us. Um, But the takes that some of these media people make, RG3, some of the shit he says, fucking ryan clark some of the shit he says um i don't know but let's dive in we're in, we're still in the first intense segment with sarah and uh we're gonna talk about a, be- a few things um i want to get into matt stafford's performance last night everybody watched the game um that was with sarah's dogs not mine um uh, but I'm glad she muted it because if, she, if her dogs bark, my fucking dogs will hear it, think there's a dog in the house. Then my dogs will get into a fucking fight. Then I'll have a whole nother motherfucking issue. And I'm trying to get through all this. So I appreciate her muting that dog barking. So um, she's having a lot of weather. So when weather happens, dogs bark and shit happens. And that's what it is. So um, we're all right. Um,
2: so do you think Matt Stafford, do you think he's healthy? No. I agree.
1: I don't think he's healthy, and I read his lips, and I'm a quarterback guy. I was going to do a a breakdown last night, but I didn't. I was so busy and have so much going on. Um, If you watch the last fourth down play of the game on offense, he threw a fade ball to Allen Robinson. It went out of bounds. He threw it out of bounds. He came over off the field, took his helmet off, and he's talking to the head coach, McVay, and he's telling him, I can't throw that ball and I was going to break it down and I was like I don't want to do that. My my good one of my best friends is the wide receiver coach for the Rams and I'm just like I don't want to do that. So he came off clearly and was like I can't throw that ball. And when he said that it 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 tells me a couple things. As a coach and a coordinator and a in a quarterback relationship is mean, meaning he, he, he I don't think he said it because of his injury. I think he said I can't throw that ball versus that coverage, that route we ran and that scheme, that is what I think he said to the coach coming off the field, okay? Um, and that's what I think he meant. I don't believe he he didn't play four quarters and then come off the field on the last ball and say, I can't throw that football So because of an injury. I don't believe that's the case. I think he'll play the season. I don't think he's going to be a. I think he'll get—I think they'll be— Stafford I have full confidence in. I'm not tripping on him. I think he's big time. We just talked about it yesterday— um I, I I don't I broke it down this morning on the morning show, Sarah. This is the issue people don't understand unless you're a coach. The defense is always ahead of the offense, A. And an offense like the Bills returning everybody plus stacking up at a wideout, where the Rams lost OBJ that helped them win it. They lost Von Miller, obviously. I don't believe that's going to be a crucial, critical element to winning another Super Bowl. What I do think is though, um, What I do think is the Bills had nine months to prepare for the Rams, Sarah. Nine months. See, a lot of people don't understand that. Let's see how the Rams go and how teams do when they get four days to prepare for the Rams. See, there's a huge difference. When you have all offseason to prepare for a team, it's a lot different than it is four days to prepare for a team. This... First Sunday, and I'm going to tell Hector when he comes on at 2.30, be wise with your choices this weekend as all as you're betting, because the first Sunday, defenses are always ahead of offenses, number one, and every team you're going to see this weekend has had 10 months to prepare for this one first game team, and... That usually makes for sloppy performances on offense. And then you're going to start seeing the real teams after teams have four days to prepare. So now every team's going to have four days to prepare for that team every week from here on out. Now you're going to start seeing who's who and who's going to, and the cream rises to the top. So I expect the Rams to be fine. They'll bounce back. I'm fully capable of Stafford. I think they'll still end up getting OBJ. I think Allen Robinson will be fine. He'll have, he had one catch last night. He'll be a big part of it. Um, I do don't, I don't like, and I want to talk about the ball or the fall portion of these two quarterbacks today, Stafford and Allen and get your take Stafford. I liked, I I don't like the fact that he's always looking to Cooper cup to save the day, but there is a reason he's doing that too. And the reason is his O line. He lost a, a big time possible hall of famer captain chief of the team. Uh, left tackle retired last year that's just not a very simple replacement for a big time quarterback especially knowing that my blind side now is not as protected or comfortable as it once was so you lost that and then the second part of this is when you don't have confidence in your O-line you look to your safety blanket and your safety blanket is Cooper Cup he led the NFL in catches and yards last year so That is a part that deterred me last night because I wanted to see him. And I'm like, God damn, dude, you got to get out of your progression. And you got to get from Cooper Cup to your second read to your third read, (laughs) etc. And uh, he didn't do that very well. So I thought he struggled. Um, But I think the Rams will be fine. I'm not worried about it. Um, So that part of it, I'm fine with. Now, flipping it over, Sarah, I, I want you to answer the Stafford part, and I'm going to I'm gonna give you Allen's performance real quick. Allen looked good. He threw two picks. One was dropped. One was not. Uh, he still looks sporadic. He still has a lot of gimmicky Mahomes in him. I think he still does way too much. I think the coaches have not taught him from year one, two to three to now. I still think they're allowing him to do whatever he wants, and it's going to cost him and the Bills not only is it going to cost him a lot of money if he gets hurt it's going to cost the bills a super bowl opportunity if he gets hurt and he had a i i probably witnessed three possibilities for him either snapping a leg or blowing his knee out last night and he's that far away from being done with for the season and that is the part i don't like from him um because he is so active in being in, in greedy with it and trying to be this guy that does this whole gimmicky shit, I think it's going to cost him. If he gets hurt, I, don't say I said so. I, I, I Knock on wood, I hope he doesn't get hurt, but, but I, I'm just telling you, there is a possibility that he's that fucking close away from having a Joe Theismann type of situation because he's so athletic and big and strong and fast and he wants to run people over. He's going to find out. It's the NFL. Not for long. The same high school and college, and uh, he is a man among boys out there. But he's going to find out. He's going to run across a man very soon, and uh, he's going to uh, he he could very well be done with. So I just advise that as a Buffalo Mafia fan, Bills Mafia, uh, be careful what you ask for with the freaking nature like uh, Allen.
2: I think he's a mofo animal a mother effing animal and i don't
1: you know you can say, motherfucker. You, know you you. Can say motherfucker you know you can say motherfucker you know you can say motherfucker we are clear i actually got i actually <laughs> trademarked the word
2: <laughs> i'm just saying i i mean he that stiff arm last night that was pretty it's pretty raw it was awesome to see something like that
1: but it's not sustainable and either is Lamar Jackson. Either, mm-hmm. either is Kyler Murray. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You Got to trust me on this one. But I'm not. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna Matt let
2: Stafford you... got sacked seven times.
1: I know. That's what I'm telling you. He lost Wentworth, his best old lineman. He's a captain of the team. He's a chief. He's a. He understands everything. This is the problem. That's what happens to quarterbacks. Trust me. Like, and you're under the fire, and you're in it and you don't have your left tackle, and you have some guys you're not sure of, you're going to have some fucking doubts. And guess what you do when you have doubts? Like, what does your babies do? Do they go to your mom or your dad when they get uh, boo-boo? Hmm, both. <laughs> My point is, though, they're comfortable. That's their comfortable blanket. You're their com- They're going to run to you. Cooper Cup is his comfort blanket. That's his blanket. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. I, that's all I But you saw, if I was a coach breaking him down, he's stuck on Cooper Cup because he's scared that his old line can't block for him. So he's stuck there. And then when that's taken away, he now comes back to nothing and he's sacked. So very similar to what happened to Tom Brady when he played the Saints in the regular season. If you get pressure on the inside on these quarterbacks and play coverage behind, you don't have to bring a lot of pressure. And that is an Achilles heel for Tom Brady, Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, all these different guys. Because if you don't bring pressure... See, when you bring pressure versus a great, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, what happens is you bring pressure, I replace it with a ball, and it's a big play. You don't bring pressure... Now I have to read through you as your front four. Von Miller had three sacks or whatever because he's beating their tackle one-on-one. So there's so many little nuances to this thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just think that Allen can be great, but he also can be fucking done forever if he makes the wrong move. And that's what's Is that unfortunate. not
2: everybody, though?
1: No. Tom Brady? You think Tom Brady's going to run around and try to stiff arm somebody?
2: Tom Brady's a little bitch, though.
1: No, not really. <laughs> not really. Yeah. You're not a bitch if you stand in the pocket and climb the pocket with 300-pound linemen running around all over your feet. So,
2: But Tom Brady is also slower, isn't he?
1: Of course he is. But that doesn't make you a quarterback. See, everybody's enamored by this guy running around. Show me a quarterback that runs around that's won a Super Bowl. Just show me one that's won one. Just one Super Bowl. In the history of the NFL, show me a guy that's run around and won a Super Bowl. I'll wait. Where you at, Cheeky? Show me a quarterback that's run around and won a Super Bowl. Bruce Helms, I knew you were going to say Steve Young, you dumb fuck. Steve Young did not win a Super Bowl running around. He lost every playoff game running around. When he became a pocket passer, he fucking won a Super Bowl. So let's make sure we have no mistake about it. Um, Sarah, you ready? We got our guest in the room, so we're going to bring on our uh, guest. I want to introduce this man to everybody. Um Chase Senior, man. He's an inside uh, host of the San Fran 49er Report and the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to bring him in. He's an NFL insider. He's got to have some great insight for us. And uh, you guys can ask some questions. We'll relay it. But I want to get him to no further ado. I appreciate you coming on in, brother. How you doing, man?
3: Coach JB, been a big fan of yours for a while, man. Appreciate how you keep it real. And thanks for having me. I'm excited to chop it up.
1: Oh, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. This is lovely Sarah Blake, man, my co-host. I appreciate uh, you coming on with us today, man.
3: Of course. What's up, Sarah? How you doing?
2: I'm good.
3: Good.
1: Uh, Where you at?
3: So uh, we're based in Dallas, Texas. So Chat Sports is a national digital sports network. I'd say we're kind of a hybrid between ESPN and Barstool. We hit you with the analysis, news, rumors, breaking news, and all that stuff. But we like to have fun on air. And we're all about audience engagement. For instance, when we're live, we'll drink beers, all shotgun beers, take some shots of tequila, whiskey. We like to have a lot of fun. So that's kind of the barstool element of it. And then the ESPN side is just talking football.
1: Um, that's, that's what's up. I got to check it out, man. Uh, let me ask you this. Sounds I, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's pretty
3: awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> how'd you get in? So let me ask you this. How'd you get into it? Were you a player?
3: I wasn't. No, I mean, I grew up playing athletics, and I was very athletic throughout my entire upbringing, but I grew up in the Philadelphia area, and when I was five years old, the first thing I did when I moved into my family's crib was turned on the TV, and it was Comcast Sportsnet, which is now NBC Sports Philadelphia. That's the regional sports network in the area, and I saw these people on air talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, 76ers, Phillies, Flyers, and I envisioned myself doing that at some point in my life because I probably wasn't going to be a professional athlete, and I just fell in love with the game of sports. I think that sports in general bring people together regardless of political background, affiliation you know, your race, your religion, it just brings people together more than anything on earth. And I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the dramatics of it, the competition aspect of it. So throughout my entire life, I just taken the necessary steps to get involved in broadcasting. And I've kind of had a a path all throughout the industry up to this point. And now I'm working for chat sports in Dallas, Texas, and life is awesome.
1: Where are you from?
3: From Philadelphia, I grew up right outside of the city in a suburb called Westchester. I went to yeah. Temple University in Philadelphia. Um, legendary basketball program, obviously, with John Chaney back in the day, Temple. who I'm sure you admire because you keep it a buck, and he kept it a buck back in the day. So
1: Big fan, yeah. Love, yeah. Motherfucker had eyes out to here.
3: Yeah, uh, for real.
1: Hey, so— so explain to us. So you explain your whole, what you guys do. Explain to me. So you're a, you're a, you do 49er and Eagles work. How is that? Is that like a huge, like conflict of interest or no?
3: <laughs> Some people might see it as that. I don't. It's my job to cover the NFL as a whole. And then I'm the main host of the 49ers report as well as Philadelphia Eagles. Now they're two of our most valuable properties at chat sports. Philadelphia Eagles now has 32,000 subscribers, 49ers report has 62,000 subscribers, so we reach an audience that really does span throughout the entire country, but also worldwide, and some people do hit me with that question sometimes, saying, wait, how do you cover the Eagles and you cover the Niners? And I'm like, you know what, I get to talk about the NFL on a daily basis, and I get to cover two legendary franchises, the Niners, a blue blood franchise, the Eagles, the Eagles, obviously just historic in its own right and it's an incredible job but also i cover the entire nfl as a whole so being able to cover two teams as well as all 32 does give me that basis of knowledge
1: got you got you no doubt no doubt um man we i so I'm I, I critique quarterbacks all the time, right? And and I critique I treat I critique anything, teams, organizations, whatever. I was on a big Nebraska podcast last night, um and then and then I saw this dropped, right? Have you have you seen this shit right here?
3: Uh, I did and I listened to you talking about it. Now, this is not based on completion percentage, and I was trying to figure it out as well because Aaron Rodgers was top 3 in completion percentage last year. Warren Sharp is very analytical, so I believe what his statistical basis is for this and foundation is catchable passes but i'm not sure i was surprised to see some of the quarterbacks on that list though yeah no
1: doubt no doubt about it Um, uh sounds like a fucking statistical idiot to me
3: yeah he, he goes deep into some of those numbers and i look at analytics like if you're running a business jb Obviously, if you can have access to information that will benefit your business and your bottom line, you're going to rely on some of those numbers and implement those trends and strategies. But for the football nerds out there that just only rely on analytics, it's a hard way to listen to a breakdown of the game of football. It's just way too much for me. No doubt. Trust your eyes. You know that. As a <laughs>
1: Man, no doubt. Shit it's hard to, it's hard. It's, it's not even, I don't even know. Like I got a good friend, one of the best, best friends in the business, Willie Fritz head coach at Tulane in college. And he's been on this stat in this stat stuff, stat dat he's been on this for a while. He was one of the first ones to ever put me on it years ago. And he goes for it on fourth down, like more than anybody. And he don't care where he's on his minus fucking 20. And I'm just like, damn, it's, it's crazy to me. And, uh, He's like, dude, the fucking odds are this is what it is. If it's third down, my coordinator knows we're going for it on fourth. So it is a completely he subscribes and pays big money to these big corporations for that information. So I get it, man. I just I just uh, find it hard to to do. I, I don't know if I can live that way. I just want to see the humans actually doing the act.
3: Well, every game is also different, right? And there's a different feeling in every single game. You know that very well as a coach. So sometimes you have to go with your gut. Other times you have to go with what the down and distance is and where the sticks are at and your current personnel that you have available to you. I'm not going for it on every fourth down, but I do appreciate teams being aggressive because I think the league is trending in that direction. And frankly, for us, watching the game, analyzing it, breaking it down, it makes it a lot more entertaining as a product.
1: No doubt. What's your take on – so let's talk  – Philly, let's talk Eagles. Uh, one of my cool. friends is the biggest fan of Philadelphia <clears throat> fan ever. Um, I, is the is the roster hype real?
3: I think it is, and my team-building philosophy, you can disagree with me if you want, let me know, but I like to build along the offensive and defensive lines. I think quarterback is obviously the most important position that you need to have, and then you go to offensive lines, specifically offensive tackle, and then you really need a premium edge rusher, in my opinion, and then you build your team out from there. So when you look at how Philadelphia is constructed with a really aggressive general manager and Howie Roseman, I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the league, if not the best. Their defensive line is pretty solid Fletcher Cox. They drafted the Jordan Davis, monster kid out of Georgia. They signed Hassan Reddick to a really good deal in free agency. They finally invested in linebacker. That's a position that they neglected for a really long time. And then at corner, you have a pro bowler in Darius Lay, a really good number two in James Bradbury who comes over from the Giants. He just really wasn't worth it as a number one in terms of the fiscal value there. And then at the safety spot, that's where they have some concerns. They brought in C.J. Gardner-Johnson from the Saints who's a straight-up dog, but he He's played 1,400 snaps, I believe, at nickel and only 80 at safety. So he's more of like that Malcolm Jenkins type where he can play in the box. You can send him home on blitzes, play in a nickel and play out back. But I'm a little bit concerned about his safety and experience as well as the safety spot in general. And then you pivot offensively. I think Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott are a good trio of running backs. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are really good wide receivers. Dallas Goddard is criminally underrated. What's funny about both the teams I cover, San Francisco and Philadelphia, I think they're both loaded rosters, but the biggest question mark on those teams comes down to the quarterback position, which is obviously the most important with Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance.
1: Let's talk about it. Jalen Hurts, uh, not a believer. I don't think he's sustainable in the NFL. I don't think he lasts very long. That's just me. I think he ends up being a journeyman. I think he's a journeyman at the end of the day, and he's around the NFL on five, ten rosters over his career, if he's there that long. Uh, That's my personal take doing this. I've never missed on a quarterback in my entire life. Uh, I feel the exact same way for Trey Lance. Where are you at?
3: So... Man, I mean, if you watch that game last night with how Josh Allen was slinging the pill, it's a completely different game as compared to when you watch Jalen Hurts. Now, I kind of look at Hurts as a Lamar Jackson light, and I know you're not a big fantasy football guy, JB, but if people play (laughs) fantasy football, look at his value, right? Even when he plays poorly, he's going to give you a rushing touchdown, or two and he's going to throw for a touchdown or two but when it comes down to winning in the nfl Look, I'm old school in this regard. I think you need a pocket passer. And for my entire life, your entire life, pocket passers have won in the National Football League. That's how you win big. And then after that, accuracy wins. And for Jalen Hurts, he only threw 16 touchdowns last year to 10 picks. He did run for 10 touchdowns, which is cool. That's the Lamar Jackson element to his game because when the play breaks down, he can certainly hurt you in the ground game. But when it comes playoff time, I think you win from the pocket. And his accuracy is a little bit of a concern. I think his deep ball is actually a little bit underrated. But then you go to Trey Lance, like the jury's out on him. If you scout him, you probably fall in love with him. I heard what you said about Jared Goff. You see him in a seven-on-seven. He throws this, like, feathery pillow football that looks brilliant. But when the pressure gets cracking, that's when he kind of folds. For Trey Lance, you see him 6'4", 225. He's long galloping strides. He can rush the football pretty successfully. I actually did kind of like his pocket movement and pocket feel last year, albeit in two starts. The deep ball anytime he's played preseason or in the regular season has been on display because he's taken the top off of the defensive a couple of times, but here's my problem with Trey Lance. I think he's going to be wildly inaccurate, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's a sub-60% guy, but I actually was thinking about this, and I want to ask you this question. If a quarterback... Let's say Trey Lance this year completes fifty nine to sixty percent of his passes. That's below league average. Around sixty six percent is league average. Can he make up for that lack of accuracy with explosive plays? Or from a coach's standpoint, do you need more consistency from that position, even if you're getting some of those explosive plays? Like, what do you think in that regard, JB? I,
1: I learned from an NFL coach that won a Super Bowl, um, Coach Billick at. The, that won the Super Bowl Ray Lewis. Brian Billick, yeah. Right, Brian Billick, who's a California guy, California native. Um, there's actually film breakdowns that I've seen from Pete Carroll, Billick, Andy Reid. I've been in a, got fortunate enough to be in a meeting with the, the three minds at one time. And California guys, all three of them, by the way. And we got to meet and hang out. And I've been dealing with Pete for a long time. I got to know these other two real well. And they broke down. They had cut-ups of this film and while the quarterback in the nfl is running around there is a wide receiver on every single clip butt naked in the end zone wide open that they do not throw the football to and not only does it tire them out it hurts them in injury prone uh percentages rise and you're the highest paid player on the field number one so all the GMs, NFL owners, and coaches are cringing on the sideline that he doesn't get hurt, and then also we got guys wide open. So the percentage of you winning that football game has decreased by a lot. Now that is the stat portion of this game that's been around for a long, long time. And I'm, t- I'm sitting here arguing with folks in the chat about Steve Young did not win a Super Bowl until he learned to be a pocket passer. He threw five touchdowns in the Super Bowl that he won, even though he was the leading rusher in that game, that leading rusher was scramble drill plays that he continued to extend the play with, not run the ball by design or not run the ball because he didn't see a guy open. That means the coverage took that concept away. I'm going to make and get a first down on my feet. He had that ability. Nowadays we are escaping the pocket because we don't know what the fuck we're looking at. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Trey Lance, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield. I can go on and on and on how bad quarterback play is right now in the NFL. Justin Fields, I, Garrett Carr. I can go on and on and on. I think quarterback play is at an all-time low in the NFL, even though they are at an all-time high athletically, skilled, figure, uh, just physically freak of natures, but they're not better at quarterback. And that's the problem. And I, I equate it to college football being horribly coached up at that position because we're so enamored with going fast, tempo, no huddle, zone read, RPO, that we are we refuse to coach the fundamental basic concept of getting under center, taking a snap, taking a real drop, learning progressions of read keys, post and pre-snap reads, all these different things. And you really see it, especially with the young athletic QBs that have come into the league. And it's, it sucks because it seems like the college coach is like, all right, let me get the best-looking, freaky motherfucker I can on my roster to help me win my game so I can go get my bag. And then you're on your own when you get to the NFL. And that is what's clearly happened with Kyler, Lamar, Justin Fields. All these dudes, Baker, uh, Carson Wentz is just not, doesn't have an end factor. Uh, There's just so many guys that you can say got thrown to the wolves, so to speak, and it's sad because I wish they would teach these kids fundamentals and post and pre-snap reads. I just don't see Jalen Hurts ever having it. Um, Because as you know, uh, Chase, it's like driving a car, like, if you're already going 200 miles an hour, it's hard to slow down and, and, and parallel park and, and do a three-point turnabout and all this shit. You're already full go. You don't have time to get retaught in the NFL or you're done. You're going to get your spot taken or you're never going to be good. And you just can't make up that time you lost in fundamental coaching. And that's what we lack. And I. I Shame on coaches. I'm be honest with you, because we are more athletically gifted now. Jalen Hurts is a freak, right? He's a great athlete, got a strong arm. Kyler Murray, strong arm. I don't think Kyler Murray's stature is good enough because of just pure size, he just can't see, and that yeah. sucks. Even though it, that's the truth, though. And uh, unless O lineman becomes six foot in the NFL, we're not gonna ever. We're not gonna. He's not gonna succeed. And uh, I, I don't know. I just. There's guys open you'd like to see climb the pocket, make the completion on time, move the sticks on time, compared to running 40 yards laterally to gain one yard like Lamar Jackson does over and over and over. And I've actually broke that down. And we, we'd rather have guys throwing the football right in the windows they're open in. And yeah, we got too many guys that want to escape the pocket compared to climb the pocket. And yeah. watch the greats. Watch the greats, Chase. You got Tom Brady. He sits in the pocket poised. He's working vertical in the pocket. So is Aaron Rodgers. So Eyes is are always up, man. All the greats. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't care about what's at our feet. Kyler Murray takes his drop. His feet never come to standstill because he's ready to fucking go. And the same with, with Mahomes, to be honest. And the same with Allen, even, at the Bills. Um, they're just big freaking natures that the NFL eventually is going to figure out because right now, defense are scared to tackle you because they'll be kicked out of the game or fined. And that is a huge advantage for big-time quarterbacks like Mahomes and Allen who can take advantage of that.
3: No doubt, no doubt. And for Lamar, he's so exciting to watch. He's the video game character. You go back to Michael Vick, he probably has the stupidest arm strength that I've ever seen, but his consistency and lack thereof was so maddening. He pumped through the splash play that was just one of one, but then when it comes down to just... The fundamentals of the quarterback position, that's where he was lacking. Jalen Hurts can stick his foot in the ground like he did last year against the Saints. Totally juke a guy out, take it to the crib. And you're like, wow, that's really special ability. Trey Lance, 6'4", 225, rocket arm. But can you complete a simple 10-yard out? Can you move the sticks like you said? Can you hit that seam ball when you need to? And if you're not accurate... You're going to get feasted upon in this league. I mean, you saw it with Matthew Stafford last night. Last year, he threw the most interceptions in the league. He's coming off that elbow surgery, and I heard you talking about him. He just didn't look right, but also the inaccuracy was just glaring. And if you don't have that accuracy at that quarterback spot, I just don't think that you can be a true Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And that's what makes Tom Brady so great. That's what makes Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, so unique is the anticipation on some of those back shoulder balls, which is just so unique, and that takes reps and reps and reps, but also this uncanny feel for the game, but the consistency of just accuracy. Because when you got to move the sticks on a third and seven, third and medium, third and long, I want to rely on my quarterback to be able to do that. And the jury's out for Jalen Hurts there. Jury's out for Trey Lance, going back to your original question.
1: No question. No question. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you want to talk about some quarterback stuff, but I do know this. Does Jimmy G was he signed specifically because the faith in Trey Lance isn't there?
3: I think so. I mean, look, from a business perspective of a football operational unit, right? bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup for Trey Lance makes sense because if he were to go down with the Super Bowl ready roster, Nate Sudfeld, who was the quarterback number two at the time, he got released. He's with the Lions. He ain't it for a long stretch. Brock Purdy is like 5'10", 5'11", lacks arm strength. I think he's more of a backup quarterback in the league. There's a reason why he was picked last in the draft. So to have Jimmy Garoppolo with the restructured contract, you save money, $6.5 million in guaranteed money. That's great for a guy who's played in two NFC championship games, a Super Bowl appearance, and has won 71% of his starts with the Niners. And he has kind of an uncanny ability, like we talked about, where You know, in the guts of the game, sometimes he plays well. I mean, the dude went on the road and took down Dak Prescott and outplayed him, outplayed Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round last year. So I think that he can play in this league more so as a middle-tier quarterback. But I think that Kyle Shanahan saw that last preseason game, and he's watched Trey Lance now for a year plus. And he sees that he's lacking in a couple of really important categories, accuracy, touch, anticipation and he's thinking okay if he doesn't work out our Super Bowl window is right now and I think after that final preseason game when he was kind of rocky against the Houston Texans he saw the Lance performance the backup quarterback performance and he said look we need to do something at the quarterback spot in case Lance doesn't work out because I'm worried about that from Kyle Shanahan's perspective or if our backup quarterbacks aren't up to par and I just think from a bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo standpoint you're not doing it If you don't, they did it because they have a lack of trust and lack of faith in Trey Lance that he can be that guy. You can't tell me any other reason why they'd bring in Jimmy Garoppolo other than they're a little bit worried about Trey Lance because the human nature aspect of Lance, you can say all you want if you're Trey. I'm not worried about Garoppolo being here. I'm not going to be looking over my shoulder. If he goes out against the Bears and gets outplayed by Justin Fields, who the Niners passed on him for, If he struggles the first month with some winnable games, you know the noise from the fan base is going to be loud calling for Jimmy Garoppolo to play, and then Trey Lance will be looking over his shoulder. And the one thing that he needs, consistent reps, to develop he's extremely raw guy played one game his final college season at North Dakota State because of COVID and only one full season in his entire college career at the FCS level like he needs reps and experience you need to be able to give him that in order for him to work out the kinks and iron out the wrinkles but this is Super Bowl ready roster and if he doesn't play well the first month like I think people are going to be calling for Trey Lance's head to put Garoppolo back in there to try to make another run
1: no doubt I agree. Uh, I I I think uh, Garoppolo starts by game five.
3: Peter King said game seven.
1: I say game five. This is why though, Jimmy G's a winner. I don't give a fuck about all that bullshit. I don't care. In the NFL, quarterback people always kill me and say it's a team game, coach. It's a duh-duh-duh-duh-duh. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But why do everyone point out the first thing they point out with a quarterback is their record? If it's a team game, then why do you equate the record to these quarterbacks' fucking names? Then you're a contradictory fuck, is what they are. And that's what a lot of these media people are, is unfortunately. That's why I like real people like yourself. That's why I only bring real folks on. Let me ask you this. After watching the Rams last night, are you already writing them off like all these Twitter gurus out here? Or do you think they are still the team to beat out West? Because I know uh, you see the Eagles roster, you see the 49ers roster, and in comparison... I know the Niners are struggling up front as well. Interior, especially center guard. The Rams are struggling as well, losing Wentworth to tackle, and they've lost a leader, and I can see it last night in, in Stafford's performance where he was just looking to go to Cooper Cup because of his comfortability with him. Um, I don't know if Jimmy G can lead the Niners, even though they're loaded. I don't know. It just the quarterback is what you win and lose with in the NFL. I don't care how loaded you are anywhere else. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Stafford won the Super Bowl last year because of what he did in the playoff run to beat Buffalo, uh, beat the Bucks, and get through that playoff run. He won that game. Ten, ten touchdowns, eleven hundred yards in three games. Uh, you know, that's the it factor. What you can argue. Aaron Rodgers hasn't done yet in a playoff run. So um, having said that, where are you at with, with the Rams performance and how do you like that NFC West? And uh, how do you compare those rosters, Eagles, Rams, and Niners, which everyone thinks are the three best NFC rosters along with the, the Bucks?
3: Yeah. Well, first off, I see people in the comment section saying, if the Niners lack trust in Lance, why did they draft the number two overall? Well, they moved up to number three to take them first, and they drafted him April 2021. All right, We're here in September of 2022. It's more than a year ago, right? So there's been a long sample size for them to do their evaluations. Again, going back to the physical profile, 6'4", 225, strong arm, athletic. You take a chance on that in the draft, and I was fine with the Niners taking a chance on that, but I think they lack some trust in him and have some lack of belief in him. That's why they brought Garoppolo back. Going back to your question, though, just had to address the haters there. Um, <laughs> NFC West, Um Look, I I still think the Rams are going to be good, but here's the deal. Everybody's like, they brought in Bobby Wagner. They brought in Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson hasn't been a productive wide receiver the last couple of years. I understand that the Bears quarterback situation hasn't been ideal, but he hasn't produced. As for Bobby Wagner, guy's been an iron man in this league, but he's also in his early 30s with a lot of mileage on the tires. So when you lose eight starters and then you lose Andrew Whitworth, who's one of the best left tackles in the league, you're going to have a moment and some games in which you're struggling to try to figure it out. And I'm not going to say that the Rams aren't going to be a good team. I have faith in Sean McVay. This guy has proved to be and live up to the expectations of being, you know, that wonder boy at that head coaching spot. He's had to overcome some things throughout his career in terms of schematics, losing that game against the Patriots in which they just got spanked by Bill Belichick and frankly outcoached. But I thought that he did a really good job. NFC title game coming back from a 10 point deficit in the fourth quarter with Stafford and then that. That entire playoff run, I thought they were really good. So, I think that team is still set up for success. So, I'm not going to write them off. As for San Francisco, all comes down to the play of Trey Lance and if he can actually be it or not. I'm with you on Arizona. I think they're due for a regression. Kyler Murray has done some like extremely gifted things that I've never really seen before from a lot of quarterbacks, other than like Fran Tarkenden back in the day, similarities there because of the height. But Cliff Pingsbury and Kyler Murray last month, month and a half of the season, the history has shown you that they don't play well deep into the season and they kind of fall apart a little bit late. I also think that has to come down to Kyler Murray's lack of intangibles and his leadership qualities. I think that's why there was that clause in that contract. They can try to write that off all they want. But, yeah, I think it's the Niners and the Rams in this division. Seahawks are going to be terrible. And then elsewhere in the NFC, I'm not – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not writing off Aaron Rodgers. I'm not writing off Tom Brady. Uh, I think the Cowboys are due for a regression. I think Philly could be good if Hertz can take that next step. But those are kind of the teams that I'm looking at in the NFC right now.
2: Uh,
1: I, I hear you. I...
2: Titans are going to win it
3: all.
1: Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> Tannehill. He's so shit.
3: average. Get that's the that's one of Warren Sharp's guys. Top ten in accuracy. Ryan Tannehill. Come on now.
1: No shit.
3: The beast. I-
2: <laughs> you just watch out, guys. Watch out.
3: How's he going to play without A.J. Brown, though? Uh, Easy. All right. We'll see. That's a 1,000-yard receiver that he's without. Derrick Henry getting a little bit older. So we'll see. I, I do Henry's like Vrabel, though. Boss. Mike Vrabel's yeah. underrated as a coach. Yes. i 100%.
1: I, I think they're. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna fall bad this year. I, I, yeah, don't I think that. they're
3: due for a regression as well. I'm don't sorry. I love Nashville. That's where my dad lives. But I think the Titans are going to. Well, gonna I,
1: I am
2: kind of. My feelings are a little hurt because you didn't mention Derek Barnett, and, but I mean, you did redeem yourself when you brought up Peyton Manning because somebody has not brought up Peyton Manning since I've been on this show, and that hurts my feelings as well because he is the goat.
3: Are you a Tennessee gal, I'm assuming, then? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so, like, Derek Barnett was a first-round pick, and he's kind of been... I guess if if you're drafted in the first round and he's had somewhat of a lack of production, um, you know, he can be labeled like a bust. But I also look at sacks for edge rushers, kind of like wins and losses for a pitcher. Doesn't tell the whole story. ERA does, in my opinion. Uh, For edge rushers, I think quarterback pressures and quarterback hits are pretty valuable, and that's what... Uh, Derek Barnett does bring to the table. So I'll give you that for mm-hmm. Barnett. You're
2: welcome. <laughs> <I'm just
3: kidding. laughs> hey, who, who's getting out of the AFC? Who AFC. It's it's hard to write off Buffalo. I do think that their ground game has been really, really concerning the last couple of years, and I think that when it gets cold and you're going up against a smash-mouth defense, you got to be able to run the ball. You can't just drop back and throw it. That's been proven. So I worry about that aspect for Buffalo, but I just think that Josh Allen is just so superbly talented. And I know you're not a big Patrick Mahomes guy, but I'm a big Andy Reid guy. And the the development that he's done with quarterbacks over time, schematically, how he's able to scheme guys wide open. I don't think that Mahomes would be the same guy without Andrew, Andy Reed. I'm not gonna write them off. So those are my two top teams in the AFC as of now going into week one.
1: I, I got Denver, man. I got Denver as a sleeper. People I got Denver going Super Bowl. Um I got Denver beating the actual beating the Colts in the AFC title game. I think
3: Colts are going to be reason, good. This
1: is why my Hi. this is why I say this. Buffalo can win the Super Bowl if Allen stays healthy. I think he's going I I hate to say this. I just think he's walking into a death trap as far as how he plays in this league in this era. Um, He's walking into being hurt, man. He's one play away. Last night, I counted three fucking femur snaps away. He was this close to snapping his femur twice. He got horse collars tr- once. Yeah. And mm. you know horse collars, that snap play, And yeah. I, I was like, oh, shit. And he's a Cali Juco guy. And I, I love all Aaron Rodgers. And we got so many. And I'm like, dude. He is going to... He's fearless. I love it. I played the same way. But, dude, I'm just telling you, this league is not for long, man. And you got to be smart. Uh, he's he's old enough now to play smarter than he is to play riskier. And yeah, the reward outweighs the risk if he plays it smart. And I don't know if... Uh, He can stay healthy, man. I I don't know if he's going to stay healthy. If he gets hurt, the Bills are an average football team. I'll just tell you straight out. And I think Denver and Russell Wilson is on pace for an MVP season. I think he's pissed at the world. I think he's going to ball out. And I think uh, Matt Ryan makes the Colts already stacked defense and great O-line and run game that much more um, dangerous going into a November, December, January. And I just think the Colts playing indoors, uh, if they can have a decent record in that league, and I, which I think they can. I think they can dominate that division this year. You're talking about later in the season having home field in a dome. It's going to be hard to beat them in that dome. And if Denver can somehow beat that stacked West, you got to go play in elevation. Good fucking luck in November, December going up to mile high and then playing a team that's acclimated like their own team is going to be, um, it's hard to play up there too. So very interesting topics that's going to come out to, at the end of the day. Uh, do you believe the AFC is much harder uh, path
3: than the NFC to go to the Super Bowl? You still got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, right? I know, I mean, that's what I said. You make some good points. Yeah, yeah like you, you make good points there. Um, look, Frank Reich has won double digit games with a washed Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz. I think that Matt Ryan from an IQ perspective just elevates that team. Uh, don't step on the chargers. Justin Herbert is a pretty special thrower. Russell Wilson. I know he's kind of corny, but last year was the first time since he got drafted in 2012 that he won less than nine games. He leads the league in wins,
1: bro. At his age, he has more wins than anyone in the history of football.
3: Yeah, yeah. Look, he's corny, but he's got Sierra in his bedroom, so he's doing something right, and he's winning a lot of games.
1: Exactly my point, man. And, 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 I, and I think he's a weirdo fuck too. But the bottom line is, <laughs> he's a good think, football player, though. I think he's a top five quarterback. I'm just being honest. I think he's top top five quarterback. Arm strength, accuracy, skill set, throwing the ball, spinning it. As far as throwing spirals, people don't understand how throwing a spiral is so. Big in the NFL as far as wideouts wanting to catch a ball that's not wobbling around. It is big. In the wind, especially, and in the rain, which they're going to get a lot of. Um, he's the perfect guy for that for that deal. I think, uh, I just think he's going to get that team. The defense is stacked. They got a good run game. Uh, Patrick getting hurt hurts him on wideout, but I think they'll be okay. Uh, I still think he'll make up for that. And he's not a runner like people think. He's a guy that moves with his feet to make plays, and he's always looking to throw the ball while he's on the run compared to Kyler Murray looking to run the ball while he's on the run. So uh, it is what it is. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I I think Denver's got a shot. Colts got a shot. Buffalo's got a shot. I think New England loses some ground. I think – I think the the young Q is going to hit the sophomore woes, and uh, mm. I just don't believe with the offensive coordinator debacle, debacle that's going oh, on and all that shit. It's a shit, disgrace, yeah. I, I just don't know if they have the outside parameter players for him to make, because he's not a big-time arm guy. He's not a freak of nature guy. He's a guy that stands in the pocket, makes the right throw. He's got poise. He's like a Tom brady s type of guy without all the big-time skill set. So. In this day and age, you need the Allen on that type of team. And he's not it. And New England roster is not good enough with that average quarterback uh, as far as skill set goes. So I don't know. I think New England falls. I don't know about this weirdo fuck coach in Miami. I just think there's a debacle waiting to happen. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting, man. It's going to be an interesting year. I think the football landscape uh, in NFL is pretty much even across the board as far as uh, – You know, I I don't think there's a lot of bad teams compared to there has been in the last few years. I still think the Jets got to go a long ways. I think Jacksonville still got to learn some shit. I think uh, you got the Houston Texans who's got to go a ways. But other than that, man,
3: everyone else can beat you. I mean, This is why the NFL is so great. I mean, there are so many times every single year when a team goes worst to first in the division, and then there are, like, what, five, six new playoff teams every single year, and that's why the product is so riveting because week in, week out, it's a league of parity. We're not sure who's going to win because everybody has an opportunity to win, and there are circumstances in which, like, if Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson of the Jags go to the playoffs, I'm not going to be shocked because you got the quarterback and the head coach right. So... That's why the NFL just has everybody by their balls in America um, because it's so intriguing.
2: I think it's definitely like a transitional year in the NFL and there's a lot of feel-good stories. Um, Usually, it's like I just don't see who the villain is right now. The team that everybody's rooting against to not win. We don't have that right now.
3: This is true. Yeah, I don't know if Tom Brady is as villainized as he once was. I think Um, we're feeling
2: sorry for him now.
3: Yeah, the the media (laughs) hates Aaron Rodgers just because he's outspoken and, I guess, didn't get vaccinated. Now they hate him, which is weird. So maybe he's a villain. Um, I guess some people don't like Patrick Mahomes, but I don't know. Chiefs, maybe, yeah. Yeah, we'll see.
2: It will be interesting to see... Travis Kelsey to see if he's actually as good as we all think he is when he's being double teamed
3: yeah. without Tyreek Hill. And- you have a vertical threat like that. It just opens up everything underneath. So I'm interested to see how KC adjusts without Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. as well in that speed element. Hey, Chase, we take calls from some from
1: our members only so we know they're not complete fuck sticks. Um, uh, uh, Joe Accord, he's a weatherman in Oklahoma. He's a football guy. He has a question for you. Joe, go ahead.
0: Hey, all real right, quick. Find-
3: I put it in chat, buddy. How you doing, Chance? Yo, good to see Coach, you. Coach, for you. There right. we go. I, I told you I had it. Um, so I was reading some stuff the other day.
0: I'm glad that you're an insider for the, the Eagles, but what are you hearing about Lincoln Financial Field? Uh, I know that a lot of these – like I, I'm from Minnesota, so I've been to uh, <laughs> the, the boat. Uh, so I've seen that field. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I think a lot of field, a lot of teams are trying to get to – um stadiums that had the roof so they can do a little bit more um and then increase the amount of suites so what are you hearing about lincoln financial it was, it was built in 2003 so I, I don't know if it's a if someone sings but i was reading up something that they were discussing a possible maybe new field but i don't think if i don't think i don't know what do you got
3: yeah no i haven't heard anything on that front um yeah the stadium was built and opened i believe in 2003 2004 so it's certainly been around for a little while they've done some renovations though and it's a really nice stadium so i haven't heard anything that they're going to get a new field uh you're a minnesota guy so sorry that the eagles put the beat down on the vikings in the nfc championship game back in 2017 when nick Foles went off i apologize um but yeah, no, I think the stadium's going to stay for a little while. But Jeffrey Lurry is one of the best owners in the sport. And he certainly cares about, you know, his franchise more so than some other slapdick owners out there, JP. <laughs> um, so I think he'll do whatever he can to, you know, put that position, uh, put that team in a position to, to have success, both from a business standpoint and a football standpoint.
1: No doubt. Appreciate Joe calling in. Uh, what, what, uh, before we get you out of here, I know you're busy, man. I appreciate you calling in. What, uh, Sunday man I tell people all the time I I tell them especially when you're betting uh be smart with them because these defenses have had nine months to prepare for this first game just like the Bills had for the Rams last night I want to see a team uh prepare four days for the Rams next week I would not want to be game two um but let me ask you this uh do you see any uh big time disappointments this first Sunday uh I I simply could, I can see the Dallas beating the Bucks and then still being a bust team.
3: Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about what's going on with Tom Brady. Like, is the focus there? I would never want to doubt who I think is the GOAT, but it wouldn't surprise me if Dallas beats Tampa Bay. I'm a little bit concerned, though, about that offensive line without Tyron Smith. And then outside of C.D. Lamb, no other wide receiver on that team has actually caught a touchdown pass. So Gallup's hurt. That right? one, what'd you say? Gallup's hurt. Gallup, sir, coming off that ACL. Mm-hmm. What's crazy, too, about week one. So week one last year, historic for underdogs. I had the stat just ready to go, and you, you brought it up, so I pulled it up. Twelve covers, the most by week one dogs in the Super Bowl era, and nine outright wins tied for the most over during that stretch. There are ten home dogs this week. And last year, underdogs won 37% of game straight up. So that tells you that. Like you said, a lot of time to prepare for week one. That's why upsets happen. It would not surprise me, honestly, if the Lions beat the Eagles. I'm staying away from that four-point line. I think it's a field goal game, but I think that Detroit can muddy it up a little bit, and if the Eagles come in feeling cocky, feeling themselves, like they could go down. The Niners are seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the Bears. I think that could be like a four-point game. So those are two lines that I'm kind of monitoring with the teams that I cover where I'm like, yo, Niners – Eagles, if they go down week one as favorites, it would not surprise me at all, considering the, the team that they're going up against, but also just the craziness that I just broke down with those betting statistics. Nah, no I doubt. have the
2: Lions beating.
3: I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. Hey. Yep. Every, every time that the Eagles are supposed to be good, they're not. Every time that they're supposed to be bad, they end up being good. It's just a crazy trend.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Uh, l- let me ask you this. I got Minnesota winning the north. I like them. Uh, I I do. I, I I the only issue I have is the young young uh, young coach. I think uh, Minnesota though. I I don't know if 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 Rogers. I know he does. He makes chicken shit out of chickens or chicken salad out of chicken shit, man. With those wideouts he has, and they continue not to give him a big time whiteout to throw to uh, after Devontae's gone, and they you know they could have even gave him more wideouts, but they didn't. Uh I think Minnesota can win this year and I think Detroit can beat Green Bay, Minnesota and Chicago at least one time this year. I think Detroit is making strides. Um I love their staff. I love their 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 uh the, the juju they have with the players. Now that doesn't always equate in the NFL, obviously, but um they're not gonna be uh they're not ready yet, but at least they're making strides and making more competitive. Um, You'd like to see all four teams in those divisions be competitive unlike New England was for 20 years with Tom Brady getting through the shittiest division of all time and getting to the Super Bowl every year. Uh, You'd like to see some competitiveness. So that's why I'm looking forward to NFC West, AFC West, et cetera. So who's your Super Bowl pick
3: off the top? Man. Titans. (laughs) I'm not going to go Titans. I'm not going to give in to the Tennessean pride. Um, I'm going to stick with the Bills just because I think that they have the best quarterback in the league. I think he's playing his best. Um, but look, like again, you cannot write off a Tom Brady. You can't write off an Aaron Rodgers. You know, the chargers never come through when it actually matters, but that's like a really good roster with how it's been built. Um, I I'm with you. JB, like I, I like the Vikings. Um, look, Kirk Cousins does not play well in crunch time and in big games, but like there is absolutely no excuse for him to not have a good year. Justin Jefferson is ridiculous. Adam Thielen, their third wide receiver, KJ Osborne's really good. They made the trade for Jalen Rager was the buff with Philly. Dalvin Cook, good off, uh, good defensive line. Their offensive line a little bit of a question, but I think that team is well equipped to 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 make some make some noise.
1: Even with the rookie head coach, huh?
3: Yeah, I, because, look, I mean, you know, the Bengals last year made that run with an inexper- inexperienced head coach and, and Zach Taylor. Uh, I think he was in year two, yeah, year three. Year two. So I don't know if that matters as much. Like, is the scheme good? Are the players good? Is the players team quality? Players
1: Coaches lose, bro.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Hey, Zach Taylor was in my fucking office at Independence, Kansas, three years before.
3: That's wild. So Th- that rise, that. Is meteoric.
1: Yeah, man, it's crazy. He was at Cincinnati – University of Cincinnati as a coordinator. See, just imagine how fucked. Crazy. You know what I mean? So, man, I can't thank you enough for coming in. We got to do it again, man. Anytime uh, you need me, let me know, brother. I'm always here and uh, appreciate the realness, man. And uh, you got a fan with me and uh, good luck to you, man. And uh, hope uh, hope the Rams can still win it. I'm an L.A. guy.
3: Yeah, all good. Hey, I appreciate you reaching out, having me, and always keeping it real. Sarah, great to meet you. Best you of luck too. to your Tennessee Titans. And anytime you guys want me on, just give me a holler. Hell
1: yeah, Chase. Appreciate you, brother.
3: All right. Take care. There Peace.
1: Chase Senior, man. Hey. I love Sarah, I love having people on that I know can spit it out like him. Like we yes. had the guy. Who'd we have on that day? Matt Lombardo was really, really good. He knows like these are NFL insiders. You could tell they do their research. He's spitting out. He's spitting out um, Hector, did you hear his picks? He actually spitting out some shit on that side too. so you know he does his due diligence on all fronts. and that's why I respect guys like that who could he hasn't he wasn't looking at anything as you can see, and he's spitting out everything. So I think that is a, uh, a very good guess. Um, hey, we're heading into our second hour Sarah, you got 15 minutes?
2: Oh, I do.
1: Oh, shit. You said that like you fucking got something to say. Um,
2: well, okay. Let me clear this up. I don't think the Titans will win the Super Bowl. I just say that shit to fuck with everybody I already the chat. know. <laughs> I already
1: know. If you're a homer, you're a homer. Own that I'm not shit. i freaking homer. I know. Own it. I know you own it. I'm all with you. I got your back on owning that shit. Um Hector's gonna come in. Scared money don't make no money, and we're gonna bet on the no. NFL. And I'm gonna give you my college picks, and we're also gonna get into. Uh, we're in the third and long segment now, so we got the college picks of mine. We're gonna have the NFL uh, picks. We're gonna go back and forth with Sarah, and we're gonna. And scared money don't make money, so we're gonna get this thing going. Uh, J W Newman says, "Cheers." He's from the eight six five Knoxville, Tennessee, in the house, and go then balls. Uh, then we're going uh, to have a climax. We're going to have a climax. Jay Henry, I'm sorry you're not in here, but you probably already climaxed on yourself if you watched the fucking video at all with Sarah on it. So, But before that, we're going to take a four-minute break. Hector's going to get his shit situated. I'm going to take a piss, let my dogs out. It's raining like crazy. I've had my whole backyard totally demolished by 45-mile-an-hour winds today. And I just heard a bunch of fucking crazy drama in the backyard. I don't know what happened, but I'm going to go out and find out. Maybe I'll film it and go live and just absolutely be a fucking shit show. We'll don't know what will happen, but I'll see you in four minutes. Christian, monitor it, and you might have to put another video on. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So here's my top five fucking of all time. Tony Gonzalez is the premier tight end in my generation. Not only did we play against each other in high school growing up together, his old his older brother was actually one of my JUCO tight ends. His name is Chris Gonzalez, by the way. Went to Huntington Beach High School. Grew up right up the street. We played together in the. We actually played each other in high school twice. Um, he also played basketball when I for his high school. We were obviously the number one team in the country in basketball. He was a great basketball player as well. Played at Cal Berkeley with Jason Kidd, um, Tremaine Folks, another good friend of mine. He was on that squad. Uh, Ed Gray, another LA kid. That Cal team was great. I think they lost in the Elite Eight uh, to Duke, I want to say, or North Carolina. But that that Cal team was really good. Tony Gonzalez was a problem in college basketball. Could have played in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he would have ever had the same career. Obviously, he would have just been a big, bulky power forward in the in the NBA. You know, he's six six. Uh, probably could, you know, at that time. Um, but he was a great inline blocker. He was a great pass receiver and catcher. He obviously and also was uh he did a lot of things that tight ends at that time were not willing to do. Uh, but Tony was a all around tight end who holds most records and he played longer. That's one of the reasons I cannot put Gronk in there. I do think Gronk is probably the most talented tight end to play the game, but I don't put him there because I think he's played 11 years. He's only 33 years old, and I don't think you can put him as the best already. I think he scored in three of his four Super Bowl victories. Um. But anyway, Ozzie Newsom is my number two tight end. Ozzie Newsom redefined the position. He is what the Antonio Gates of the world, the Shannon Sharps, all those guys became later. Ozzie Newsom, also a friend of mine who who was the player personnel of the Baltimore Ravens for a long time, a guy named Art Perkins who played running back for the San Diego Chargers, L.A. Rams, actually was a Compton College alum who was a coach at Compton College who coached my coach who also allowed me to come into OTAs and mini camp with the Ravens way back for a couple days. Art Perkins is a great guy learned from Ozzie Newsome uh, played in that era. Ozzie Newsom was a different human. People don't realize that everyone wants to talk about the firemen and the plumbers and shit. The JJ Reddit quote, which will, okay, well, how's that going now? <laughs> now that all these old school motherfuckers have came out and showed you that you fucking bitch made motherfuckers could never even have played in our era. A little less fucking played every game in our era, but anyway, Ozzie Newsome I think deserves a lot of fucking credit for what he did um, as a Colt, as a Brown. Uh, you know, he was original fucking vertical threat tight end that you did not see. Everybody was in line tight ends at the time, so Ozzie Newsom's one of my fa- uh, set number two. I put Gronk at three. I put Gronk at three. Um, Like I said, I've already talked about Gronk. So I put him, that's where I put him. Shannon Sharp is four. I think Shannon Sharp redefined the athleticism of the position. I believe he was one of the fastest tight ends. His brother was one of the Sterling Sharp was a freak of nature. A lot of cats don't know that Sterling was possibly a top five receiver of all time who had his career cut short because of a major neck injury. Sterling Sharp was a freak. You could ask Brett Favre that one. You can ask a lot of people that one. Um, But anyway, I got Shannon Sharp at four. And then I got Kellen Winslow Sr. at five. And Kellen was a freak, by the way. His son was a stud. He's also a pedophile.
0: Yo.
2: Hey, everybody. (laughs) Okay, so... You won big after last night, right?
0: I did okay last night. Um, I did well by fading Cam Akers. I was heavy on Daryl Henderson last night, but the production wasn't there. I also liked um, Isaiah McKenzie. I believe that's his name. Mm -hmm. Yards weren't there, but he did score a touchdown, so that did help me a little bit. Um, And then I did have a lot of the Bills defense, uh, but I didn't have all the pieces like the, the public plays last night. One uh, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, public favorites. Um Usually I like to stay away from them, but the public won last night and it is where it is. <laughs> we, we got plenty of ball left, so it's OK.
2: Right. Hmm. Let's see. So I've got my picks. Um. Let's see, what do I have? I have, I'll go ahead and tell you guys what I have real quick. Okay, so I have the Saints beating the Falcons. Um, I have Carolina beating the Browns. I'm taking the 49ers over the Bears. I'm taking the Bengals over the Steelers. Um, The Lions over the Eagles. The Colts over the Texans, the Ravens over the Jets. Um, I'm actually taking Jacksonville uh, over the Commanders. Um, This sounds so weird to say. I am taking the Titans, of course. I'm taking the Chiefs. And I'm going to take the Raiders and green bay over the vikings patriots and dolphins i don't know who i'm going to take yet like i struggled in making this pick um i want to take the dolphins um you know i just don't know
0: yeah that that game i did look into that game i was I mean, I've been in such baseball mode that I completely forgot that the Dolphins did beat them twice last year and what really worked for the Dolphins last year was that they would blitz like crazy. Um, so now that they have like a whole new head coach, I wonder how they're going uh, to work their defense out. If it's going to be the same type of schemes, they did have a lot of success with it last year. Uh, so there is a question on that. Um. And then you also have Bill Belichick. Like, it's kind of hard yes. um, to bet against him, talk shit on him. It's Bill Belichick. So that game is very interesting. The Miami, Miami's got, got the weapons. Um, I'm curious to see how their running backs look. They got Chase Edmonds now. Um, not a big dude, but he's an athlete. And they also have Raheem Mostert. Um, so that, it, that is a very interesting game.
2: They have Tyreek Hill now, Mm -hmm. but I also think (laughs) Mac Jones, I I honestly think this might be, they say it might be a breakout year. I think it could be. I think also it could be the downfall of Bill Belichick. I think there's a lot of ifs in this game, but I do know Robert Kraft. Is he going, you know, they're going down to Miami. So is he going to stop at Jupiter? Who Mm -hmm. knows? All that can play into it. Um, I have the Cowboys actually beating the Bucks.
0: I'm with you. I, I do lean with the Cowboys as well.
2: I just don't see what the Bucks can bring this year. I think there's a lot going on. Um, I don't know. That's another I don't know thing. And then I have the Broncos being the Seahawks, of course. So,
0: yeah. Nice. <laughs> you gonna bet on all them? I am. Nice.
2: I am.
1: All right. What'd you guys do?
0: She was just telling me uh, her plays.
2: Mm-hmm. My right, picks
1: tell- for NFL. All right, Hector. We got we got a minute. We got some time here on this deal, so we're going to get into uh, your NFL picks. I know you got your picks that you can't do. Uh, I mean, that you can't uh, that you want to talk about your main ones. We're not going to go into every game, obviously. We're going to have uh, Hector's main ones, and we're going to get into my college picks real quick. I want to break down. I'm not going to do too much. I'm going to do about as many as I would do on a Pat McAfee show. And uh, I'm going to break that down real quick. So I want to share my college picks. Let me get into my college weekend picks first. We'll banter off each other, me and Sarah. Um, Christian, can you get that video I sent you on text in the thing? Um, You backwoods fucking Eastern Kentucky fuck. And then I'm going to, where's my fucking pictures at, dog? All right, here we go. Here's my college pick, Sarah. All right, look at that fancy shit. Shout out to Christian for getting this fucking pretty yeah. thing in. I think he stole it online. But anyway, <laughs> I got Alabama covering 20 versus Texas, okay? I got Alabama covering the 20. Um, I'm going to take Arizona State to cover the points. I think Oklahoma State's favored by 12 or 14. I'm taking Arizona State all day. I'm going to take Tennessee to cover um, in the pit game. And I'm going to take Florida to cover the points in the Kentucky game. And you see the big West Virginia KU pick right there. I'm taking KU to win outright. Pick of the week. College pick of the week. KU to beat West Virginia outright. That is what it is. Man up. Stand up. Hold it. Those are my picks. Sticking with it. And uh, we're going to check it out. We're going to see. We're going to take toll on this thing. Sarah took her picks yesterday. You know, she's all sexy. It makes her shit. My (laughs) shit. You don't even get to see me talk. You just see a fucking screen covering up the thing. So fuck me, right? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get that going on. And, uh... Hey, it is what it is. See what it is. Uh, Dexton Daniels, you're a complete fuckstick, shitbird, and slapdick all in one, which (laughs) means your breath smells like badussy, balls dick, and pussy because you look like you suck dick, donkey dick, you eat pussy, you lick ass, you do whatever it is to stay famous. You want to chase clout, motherfucker? Become a member. You got a minute or I'm blocking your cunt bitch ass. Now, moving on to be the next one, um, we're going to move on to Sarah. I got to ask, based on my picks, where do you disagree or agree or what's going on there? How do you feel about my shit?
2: Okay, so I definitely agree with you with Alabama. I definitely agree with the Kentucky-Florida game. I agree with the tennessee Pit game. I don't know how I feel about Arizona State OSU I just don't really know much about either right now um, and I ju- like okay so my heart wants to say I really really hope KU beats West Virginia I don't see it happening I just don't know um, I'm so confident
1: but- in my KU pick that like I want to bet you something so bad I want to bet you something so bad. I don't know what. Um, you got any, like, bad females out there that likes me? Um, I want to bet something.
2: A lot? There's a lot, isn't there?
1: No, you. I'm telling your friends. Uh, like, you got a fine friend that you can hook me up with if I win. If I lose, I got to give you, like, fucking rights to, like, the show or something. <laughs> um, I don't know. I got KU winning that bitch. That's just me. Um. We'll see what happens. Eddie Manyweather got fired this morning on the Wake Up Show. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> Eddie, I feel shitty for you, dog, but I don't really either. So it's kind of like an oxymoron. I, I'm a hypocrite because I say I feel sorry, but I really don't. It's like, a, hey, no offense, but I'm going to offend your fuck out of you right now. That's kind of how I feel about Eddie. Uh, all right, Hector. We got some NFL picks to make for this weekend. Kickoff Sunday. And uh I gotta get you your picks. Uh, how'd you fare last night on FanDuel?
0: I did all right. Finished top two percent, but that's nothing. It's not a win, so I already forgot about it. On to the next game. That's right. <laughs> hey, knock it off, Bonnie.
2: Well, I've gotta get out of here. We've got hockey. I've got I know I another know. text message saying they don't have margaritas tonight, so I'm really freaking pissed. I'm gonna walk into that bar and say what the frick like do you not have tequila like what's the deal maybe I'll just bring my
1: own like you can't bring it in a water bottle water (laughs) bottle is the best thing put in a water
2: bottle oh god that would be great here comes the uh band mom with her water bottle full of tequila
1: yeah you gotta you gotta show (laughs) it hold on I gotta uh I don't know what happened to Christian that motherfucker disappeared on me um I got to share something with you, Sarah, real quick before you get out of here. So stay. Okay. Give me one minute. Let me see if I can get this going before me and Hector break this NFL thing down. Um, and I know you got to get on your way. It's it's crazy out here right now. I don't know why. It's fucked up. We're in California. I'm like, fuck, I feel ashamed because California never has this happen. Um, but we have like crazy winds going on. We got all kinds of shit. My whole backyard is fucking ravished right now. Um and I said it before I left. I was like, I'm going to fucking go see this shit show back here. Um, and uh, it's bad. It's not as bad as I thought it would be, but it is still bad. So I'm kind of like, fuck. Kind of pissed. I got dog issues going on and fucking. Sarah, I try to tell people two things undefeated. Pussy and new Pussy. <laughs> I'm just being honest. My own fucking puppy is, is, is chasing my dog in heat. And then everybody and their mama wants to chase it. And I got drama like no other. Girls run the world. It may be a man's world, but girls run the world. Don't get it fucking twisted. Mm-hmm. So, and you don't say uh-huh like that. <laughs> um, all right, let me show you some shit real quick. Holy fuck, <laughs> all right <laughs> sorry for that all right here we go you gotta see this i just took this live on the break oh shit i don't know what i did um damn it What the fuck did i do um all right here we go holy fuck man uh, so uh, you don't know my backyard alignment setup. i got an umbrella up on the fucking hill
3: <gasps> blew
1: off it's over there. All my trash cans. Fuck. Oh. I see all my pools was blown up. My $100,000 pool is fucked. <laughs> I got shit blown all over the fucking place. My plants are down over there. My fucking, all my shit. TV's blowing like crazy. God oh, damn. Oh, no. My TV blew off the wall, Mother man. Fuck, stop fuck. licking her. I got all kind of drama going on back here, man. It's like fucking shit show. Looks like fucking Florida around this bitch. Literally. <laughs> All right, Sarah, I appreciate you. I'll talk to you this weekend. Have fun. I'll see you Monday. Um, maybe you could do like a 2 a.m. show, and I'll do a 5 a.m. show just to get your ass up so I can feel. I don't feel as bad.
2: Yeah, maybe. Monday, I'm shooting. I'm shooting for... Um, the the bunny magazine so
1: uh, pb not peanut butter and jelly either all right uh appreciate you i'll see you monday all right bye guys see you later Eat. say bye to sarah uh all right hector let's get down to brass tacks here
0: fuck yeah it's time i need it i need it i want to <laughs> if, start you, again. if you ain't talking money i don't want to talk oh, and that goes to the chat scared money don't
1: make no money I hear that. That's what I'm talking about. Seriously, um, it's business
0: right now. <laughs> hell yeah.
1: Jake Reynolds says I'm a deadbeat dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I find it comical as fuck, Hector. These motherfuckers just come out saying whatever. That shit is fucking <laughs> hilarious to me. It's unbelievable. And this motherfucker has my whiskey, my book, and he jacks off to the last chance you every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into it. Uh, man, they love me, TJ. No lie, dog. They fucking love me. I don't know. I don't understand. I know I fucked a lot of bitches, but god damn, I did not know I stole this many motherfuckers' hoes. Like I must have ran through their hoes so bad that they're doing that imagination thing I told you about yesterday, where they're calling out my name while they're fucking their man, and I guess they're calling out my name saying JB. And you get mad and you make a troll account and come fucking fuck with me. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry you got a little wee-wee and I piped your girl down. Hey, it is what it is. Girls need dick, homie. You fucking don't have it. Fucking Jake Reynolds. This is a guy, Hector, by the way, Jake Reynolds is a guy who he, 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 he thinks he's Ryan Reynolds. He wants to be an actor and he made up another name because he wants to be somebody like Ryan Reynolds and he's like a fucking shitbird. And he just wants to sit around making up shit. Um, So, Hector, I need to make some dollars to send back to my folks in Guatemala. Isa Velasquez said. um, (laughs) Hey, it is what it is. Jared Ritz is a a new guy. He just made a new account literally while we were talking. Um, God damn, homie. It's unbelievable. Um, (laughs) But we love it. All right. Scared money don't make money. I got uh, I got my college picks. Make sure you take note of them. Let, write it down. Make a fucking point to understand what it is. Those are my picks. Don't fuck with it. Uh, and just understand, all you guys in the chat right now, this is who you look like. That is who you are, just so you're clear. That is who I'm arguing with right now in the chat. <laughs> so please understand, this is who I'm arguing with. Don't get it twisted, everybody. This is the motherfucker who we're arguing with on the internet. All right. um, How about this bitch made cat?
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: But I guess they cleared him and he's back. So we'll see. I don't know. But we're at the climax segment of this show. Climax. So uh, all these motherfuckers in here busting a nut. We want to get into this thing. I know, Wido, uh, Wido, you can call in if you want, because I know you got some UFC stuff uh, you talked about. You sent in to Hector on the deal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I want to get into one thing, Hector. I want to show you something.
0: Let's do it.
1: Everybody out there, take a deep dive and listen. This is the worst cities in America. Why are 20 of the top 50 in backwoods fucking Tennessee? You gotta be shitting me. Christian, my manager, in this chat, his hometown of Ashland, Kentucky, is number five as the worst city in America. Knoxville is at number three. Kingsport is number two. Chattanooga's number nine. How many fucking Tennessee shitholes are there? Nashville's number 23. <laughs> Holy fuck, Tennessee. You guys are fucked. Hey Kristen. Do you notice there's no fucking California City on that motherfucker? <laughs> Did you notice there's no California City on there, homie? There ain't no California City on the list, Uso. Josh. No California City in the top one hundred. But you all wanna talk about your your California, everybody's leaving. Motherfucker, show me somebody leaving.
0: That's crazy.
1: I didn't see New York or New Jersey in there either. Jack Sharp said fake news because, again, this guy's a fucking professional (laughs) fucking city guy. All right. uh, Let's get into your picks. You got some NFL picks. Want me to pop them up? Yup. All right. Here we go. Hector's picks. Here we go. You can see both of us, and you can see his picks. Stat Lab. Make sure you check Stat Lab out on YouTube. He is the Stat Lab. Shout out
0: Those to his pitbull in the back. Um, ch- uh. So, so Coach, a lot of these plays are based on uh, 2021 statistics. So if you have any anything to add, please let me know because I haven't officially played them yet because I do want to make a little bit of a deeper dive on the team's current rosters. But... I have a valid point for each play, and I can definitely talk about each one of them.
1: All right, so what is this right here? These aren't games. These are players? No.
0: So I'm I'm a player prop better. I usually, I don't really care who wins. I just need this player to do X, Y, and Z.
1: No doubt. I got you. Okay. So this is Darren Waller. He's going to have doubt. Mind you. We got to do some games too, which I could do. The bottom line is California, we're fucked because we don't have, we don't have draft or we don't have the book, so we can't um, we can't bet like this. Just so you know, now that's California. Whiteo's in the room, but we can't see him, so he's fucked right now. So uh, we can't um, bet this right here in California, but. You guys all can out there in the, in the rest of the world. You guys can bet these picks that Hector's giving you. And Hector, don't miss too often, so make sure you pay attention. All right, Hector, go ahead. This is your show.
0: So, uh, I mean, also California does have options like, um, I believe, prize picks where they primarily focus on player props. And you do have bet online and other offshore books where you can um, possibly take these plays. Uh, but... This also helps in a bunch of other aspects too, like your fantasy team um, and uh, DFS as well. But I'm on four plays so far for this Sunday slate. Darren Waller over 49 and a half receiving yards. Kadarius Tony receiving or receptions. I don't have the official line yet because Vegas has not released it. I'm going to talk about him. So that is a name to keep an eye out for. James Connor over eighty one and a half rushing plus receiving yards, and Dalton Schultz anytime touchdown scorer at plus one eighty five.
1: Anytime touchdown score,
0: okay. Yeah, to score a touchdown anytime of the game doesn't matter when. Um, so for the first play, Darren Waller over forty nine and a half receiving yards. So last year was con- it was kind of a down year for him. Injuries a bunch of shit. Um, but in those 12 games, he averaged 61.8 receiving yards. The chargers did upgrade their defense, but last year they gave up 68.8 yards per game. The public is going to be very heavy on Devonte Adams and he requires a lot of attention. So we could have Darren Waller at a discount here. So that is why I do like the over 49 and a half receiving yards. Um Kadarius Tony, this was this one was very interesting. So the Titans are currently minus five and a half uh favorites. Yeah. So I believe the Giants need to focus on the, the passing in order for them to compete in this game. Saquon Barkley missed the whole 2020 season. Last year he only uh he only took 162 carries. So it, it's it's kind of foolish to expect the giants to run Saquon to the ground game one so i'm focusing on the giants receivers here and i looked at last year's game log and um and in games where kadarius tony played more than 30 snaps which was seven games he led the giants in targets at 52 and evan ingram was second at 33 so, when Kadarius Tony played last year, he was targeted. So, this is a name to look out for in the props. I checked this morning and afternoon, and Vegas has not released it yet. But if you see Kadarius Tony at a valued number, I take it. I'm going
1: big with that shit because I told you, as I've been telling everybody, I think Daniel Jones has a breakout season. So, I have to go with his number one target.
0: Yeah, I, knew, I knew you'd like that because you've been big on Daniel Jones. And they're not going to run Saquon Barkley to the ground. You, I, I was uh, on the money with Acres last night. Same thing, Achilles injury. He did come back last year. But uh, Daryl Henderson took all the work in yesterday's game. And I'm expecting kind of the same. He's not going to be a ghost. But I do believe they need to throw, throw, throw.
1: No, I, get, I got you. All right. Before you go on, I don't know. If, uh, I'm a wide open uh, yeah. MMA. So- I got two more, two more, coach. All right, all right, so, all
0: right, all right. Chiefs against the Cardinals. So, James Connor played six games last year without Chase Edmonds, who's now in Miami. In those six games, James Connor was tied for second in team targets. And in those six games, he had 301 receiving yards and three receiving yards touchdowns so right now james connor's receiving prop is at 28 and a half at minus 120 but i'd rather take the over 81 and a half all-purpose yards because last year the chiefs gave up the second worst yards per attempt at 4.78 and they gave up on average 91.2 rushing yards per game so this is a game that i really need to uh get updated on the Chiefs defense because I see a lot of value on James Conner's all-purpose yards at 81 and a half.
1: All right. I like that because I think Kyler Murray's going to be a bust, so that's good.
0: The, the games that James Conner uh, played by himself with no Chase Edmonds, he ate. And now it's his backfield. So... yeah. I agree. And they don't have uh, Hopkins right now, so they're gonna rely on him.
1: I agree. Um, all right, all right. So, for,
0: and for the last play, Dalton Schultz, anytime touchdown at plus one eighty five. So I studied the Cowboys' red zone production last year, and their leader in red zone targets was Amari Cooper at thirty three. 33 targets, and he's gone. Dalton Schultz was second at 26, and he finished ahead of CD Lamb at 23. CD Lamb and Noah Brown have decent matchups. They're going up against Jamal Dean and Carlton Davis, so someone needs to step up in that red zone. Do you trust Slapdick, Ezekiel Elliott? I think he's going to, uh, if they do... March, and they're comfortable marching down the field. Someone's got to step up, and I'm hoping it's Dalton Schultz. I
1: I, I like, I mean, I know you have, Hector does a lot of fucking research on this thing, so all you guys, that's why he probably wins. It's not a luck of the draw. Me, I just pick luckily. Uh, so just so you know, I just know football. I know players, so I get lucky here and there because they either perform or they don't that particular game. He goes a fucking step deeper and de- digs into everything. So I would listen to him. Um, Wido, let's get into your UFC before I go back and forth with you and Hector on some NFL picks that I have.
4: Yeah, real quick. So appreciate you letting me come on, Coach. Hector, all love. Chat, what's happening, baby? It's a nice, fearless Friday. So breaking news in the UFC. Diaz, Hamzat scratched off. Hamzat did not make weight. So now we have a new card. Not too bad though. Diaz, Tony Ferguson main event, welterweight, five rounds. Kevin Holland versus Hamzat in the co-main event. A lot of people thought Hamzat was scrapped. Good to see him on. Jing Lang, the Chinese guy, is fighting now. Daniel Rodriguez, he's the guy with the uh, the Cali s- uh, sweater he had on last night. So still a great fight car Coach. I have no clue what the odds are. They're going to be going through the roof. So good luck on betting on it. But
1: so wait up, I'm, I'm, I'm a. I'm a- I'm not even a novice. I'm a fucking nobody on this thing. I don't know shit about it.
4: Uh, And I'm just saying this so the chat doesn't have to leave to go watch Dana White reveal it live, because that's what he just said.
1: Yeah. yeah. So explain the the events that just went down. So who was fighting who, and then what happened?
4: So Hamzad versus Nate Diaz was booked. That was the main event that what was. Uh, Hamzad is the Swedish... Killer up and coming guy that everyone's kind of fearing, and Nate Diaz is the OG from Cali, Stockton, on his way out today. And last yesterday was the press conference, and it got scrapped because uh, Nate brought a team of fifty. He rose deep from Cali. Hamzat brought a team of thirty. So backstage they didn't have enough security, so shit got out of hand. They had to scrap the whole entire press conference. Moving Man. forward to today, Hamzat weighed Nate. Did, wait, Nate did his thing. Weighed in at one seventy-one. It's a welterweight fight. One seventy. Hamzak came in at 178.5, eight and a half pounds over, which is way out of the line, way ridiculous, especially for that weight class. Heavy guys, all right, we get it. That's just you don't care or you're not focused. I don't believe yesterday's event was that drastic. So, or you're scared. Comeback. Could be that. Uh, he's, a, he's a savage. He's a gangster. So I don't know. I think he was just more like, let's fight for real and not thinking about the fucking bag. Let me ask you this.
1: Could they agree to fight still?
0: Yes.
4: They could for sure. Uh, and usually what happens, so like if it's a title fight and the guy doesn't make weight, it's what happened with Charles Oliveira not too long ago. They'll strip you of your title. You can still fight. If you didn't make weight, you're not allowed to win the belt. You can win the fight, but you can't win the belt. This is not for a belt. Um,
1: so why? I'm, honestly, I'm I don't curious know why, on why the other guy didn't okay it, even knowing that he could always say, oh, you were eight pounds heavier if you knocked me out. So you got a no-lose situation. Why didn't they still fight?
0: I'm not sure. It, to be honest, could, I'm not really it, sure. It could put you at a advantage if you're a wrestler. If you come in heavier, like you then ha- have a lot of upside when you like grab them and take him to the ground. You're a lot heavier than uh, you should be, so that could be why he didn't want to fight. It's also just dis- super disrespectful. It means you you didn't take your camp serious. And Nate Diaz was like, "Nah, fuck that. I'm not fighting you."
4: To be honest, I don't think – Nate Diaz is not the type to turn anything down. He, it's not his camp. Hamza's not turning anything down. I believe this is the UFC not wanting Hamza to get a main event bag. You don't deserve a main event for what you just did. We're going to keep Nate. So, Because I, I, I would have still put the fight on coach. So I d- highly doubt Diaz is like, oh, you're too overweight. Because everyone got to realize they weigh in the day before, 24 hours before they go in. You can gain as much weight as you want after that after you weigh in. So they're coming in at 180, 182 anyway on fight day,
0: but – I think, think it might easy. have changed that. I think they might have changed that because they had a guy like two weeks ago. I forget his name, but at, um, after weigh-ins, the day of the fight, he gained like an X amount of weight. And they told him that he's got to move up a weight class for his next <laughs> fight. So they might have that, changed that's that. to
4: protect him. That's to protect him because you're you're you're, you're losing too much. It's a health r- r- uh, risk for you because a lot of the guy you don't even see a lot of these guys come in, barely can walk, fucking barely making the scale. So if, if you're having to gain 20 pounds after your weigh in, you need to just fucking move up anyway. So didn't want to take too much of the part of the show, coach, but that was big news in the UFC. Still got a big fight. Nah,
1: nah, can you're do. good. Uh, you can stay in, dog. I'm going to talk about some NFL yeah, games real quick. I'm going to give my picks. So everybody out there that wants these NFL picks, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, I went into a few of it this morning, but uh, we already talked Rams-Bills. All right, Saints-Falcons. Why those Falcons? Um, Saints' line is minus five and a half. Saints favored by five and a half. Yeah. Um, Yeah, matter of fact, I just got wind of something. So, listen, on the audio side, we're going to end it. We're going to keep this NFL pick on YouTube only. So, if you're on the audio side, come over to YouTube. Come get this free game. And I will see you on the audio side on Monday with Zach Smith and Sarah Blake. We got some other guests lined up for you. So I'll see you guys on Monday. I appreciate everybody having a safe weekend. Be safe. You guys stay tuned. We'll have an after hours after party right after these fine messages. And uh, I'll see you right here on YouTube. Stay tuned. Why do Hector, stay in here. I'll be right back. We're going to end the show on the audio side and then come back for the after party right here on YouTube. Make sure you guys stay in. I'll see you Monday. Peace. The I'm a chameleon they call me, man. Yeah. I can go in there, walk into any any type of uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country in my opinion, and I think that real recognizes real. It's a new, new venture this. Yeah. The Coach JB Show with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I am ready to do some content. The Coach Show. The Give it to you straight, no chaser.